to success in the trucking industry. This is Trucking Business and Beyond, the show that puts the money where it belongs, back in your pocket. Welcome to my world. I'm your host, Kevin Rutherford. The website is letstruck.com. The number to join us, 8888-ROAD-DOG. We are here live. It's October 7th, Saturday. We'll take your calls and answer your questions about the business of trucking. Trucks, money, fuel mileage, maintenance, tires, taxes, technology, health and fitness on the road, getting started as an owner-operator, finding freight, working with brokers, getting your own authority, you name it, we'll talk about it. All you have to do is pick up the phone and call. We're going to get to those calls in just a little bit. A couple things I want to talk about today. I want to do kind of a roundup. Um, My thoughts, opinions, and observations of the ELD protest that was going on all week. Uh, First off, uh, many of you remember a couple weeks ago we had Scott Reed on. Scott Reed was one of the admins in the um, ELD or me group. Now, I, I will say there were several groups fighting this, and I tried to keep track of who's who, who was running what group, who was leading what group. Honestly, I was watching this all week. I still can't tell you who belongs or who leads what group. It was very confusing. Uh, I'll touch on that a little bit more, but... Two people that I know of, I'm not going to attach them to a group because, honestly, I could be wrong. Um, I believe they were both part of the ELD or me um, page. I'm pretty sure they were. We had them on the show. They had 17,000 members, did a great job of organizing a lot of people. Um, That was the group that I actually went into, made one comment. It was more of a question and immediately got banned. Um, I was trying to help them out because I thought their message was way off point. Uh, It goes against one of my basic tenets, and I broke it and should have known better. Um, Don't try to give advice to people that haven't asked. It it almost never works. I I got kicked out in about 30 seconds flat, but I have to say that we had Scott on the show. Scott did an excellent job of stating his points very professionally. Um, And I gave him kudos for that. Well, more kudos to Scott, Scott Reed, and Tony Justice. Those two, from everything I saw being posted, were extremely professional all week long, and it paid off. Those two were acting professionally and doing the correct things, and they actually got face-to-face meetings with lawmakers. The other groups I saw that were blowing horns, posting videos, uh, spray-painted trucks that looked like they had been vandalized and defaced when they were supposed to be supporting the movement. It looked horrible. Um, I posted a video about, and this was actually one of the group leaders that posted this video. I just shared it. And I was shocked because they weren't happy that I shared it. I would think that they would want more exposure. They were proud of what they were doing. Unfortunately, it was graffiti and spray-painted trucks and drivers flipping the bird and more and more drivers cheering them on. Um, I, I shared that heavily early on, and I encouraged other people to share it. 
And there was a lot of criticism. People said, oh, no, don't don't point it out. Well, you have to point it out and you have to oppose that kind of behavior or it will continue. In fact, if you understand group or mob mentality, it will get worse. That's what happens in the BLM protests, in the Antifa, that group mentality takes over and people just get stupid, honestly. That's what was happening the very first day. Now, I'll tell you, it got spread around pretty quickly. And if you look at those same people's behavior by the end of the week, they were much more subdued, which is a good thing because it was heading in a really bad direction early on. I'm glad a lot of people stepped in, voiced their opinion. Now, it would have been nice if we could just get rid of all the name-calling and insulting on both sides. Um, But... I I think it was effective in kind of redirecting at least the behavior. Now, I've said many times, I I think that it was too little too late. I think that most of the protests that I saw were absolutely saying the wrong things. Um, The protest I saw was about hours of service, and yet everybody kept hammering on the ELDs. The only true argument, I believe that was made against ELDs was basically the argument that OIDA took up that this was unconstitutional. I think they were going after the Fourth and Fifth Amendment, and they made their argument. They took their shot at it. It went all the way to the Supreme Court. It was turned down in many lower courts, and the Supreme Court, from what I understand um, and what I could read, basically just wouldn't even agree to hear the arguments. They sided with the lower court. So you can either continue to fight that. I mean, once you've been to the Supreme Court and you're turned down, I'm not sure why you would continue down that same path. Maybe reorganize your arguments against the hours of service and try that fight. The the fight against the ELDs seems dead on arrival to me. I, I, I And most of the arguments being made are counterproductive because they're really arguments about hours of service. Now, you know, uh, oh, one other group that I saw, um, there was actually a group of Sikh, um, the religious group Sikh drivers. Uh, I saw them described once as uh, Indian and and, um, Pakistani. Um, They organized a rally, protest, convoy in California. Looks like they had a very well-organized group. Also looks like they had some pretty intelligent spokespeople who presented their case well. Um, I, one criticism of them, I they, they did the convoy up Route 99, and at points, I mean, you can see this from a video, a news helicopter followed them, Um, At points, they were four across and blocking the entire highway and slowing down. I saw one report that said the average speed was down as low as five miles an hour, was actually stopped. I did see a video where the lead trucks got pulled in. The highway patrol was saying that they were going to ticket those lead trucks. I'm not sure if that ever happened. Um, To me, you, you can't impede traffic. We absolutely have the right to protest. You can't impede traffic and put people's lives at danger. 
we criticize other groups for doing that. We we criticize groups. I, I've seen drivers make comments. If somebody stands in the road, I'm going to run them over. We can't do the same thing then. Um, but I will say they were extremely organized, and they had spokespeople that I thought did a great job of getting their point across. You know, this I've been watching trucking, strikes, protests, shutdowns, um, most of my life. I I grew up with, you know, watching my father, my brothers, my brother-in-laws, all in the union at the time, all Teamsters. I watched the strikes in the 70s growing up. I watched the violence um, firsthand. And myself, I went through some of those strikes in the 90s as a driver. I was in Northeast Ohio. There were several um, union, Teamsters union strikes, UPS strikes that I was closely involved with um, because I was running as an independent. I certainly didn't shut down. I I had a business to run. Um, Their arguments and strike and shutdown was about their contract. had nothing to do with me. Um, So... I remember those. I, I remember the violence. I remember doing a post-trip inspection on a trailer. I ran that night from Akron, Ohio, down to Columbus, right at the height of the the uh, strike. And when I got down to Columbus and did a uh, post-trip, there was a bullet hole in the trailer. There were several reports of shootings in Akron during that particular strike. So I, I do know what it's like to be there firsthand, and I've watched it my whole life. Um I posted the, the um, oh, I, I want to go back to one other point, and then I'll come back to that. Social media, my point was I've watched these kind of protests. This one is very different, was very different, and part of this now I see is the impact that social media is having on protesting. With social media, it has become much, much easier to organize a group. It's a It's an awesome tool for organizing a group and getting people to rally behind an idea. It's also making it very, very difficult to control that group because every person in the group now believes they have a voice and they start posting on social media and it becomes hard to know what the real message of the group is and who the leader is. That, that's why I'm telling you, I, I, I followed at least four groups during this protest. It was like musical chairs. I couldn't tell who was leading who. I have plenty more to say. I also have a couple of questions I'm going to pose to you today, and then we'll get to your calls and questions. 8888-ROAD-DOG, if you want to join us, we'll be right back. I'm Kevin Rutherford. of an American rock and roll treasure, Tom Petty. If you're listening out there, we love you too. Tom Petty Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 31. If you're a mom, 
mom or dad of a child who struggles, you've searched high and low trying everything you can. From tutors to counselors, specialists to pills, you've tried them all with little success. You need to know there is a program that has helped tens of thousands of kids just like yours. Brain Balance Achievement Centers can make a real difference for your child. Brain Balance is a drug-free solution that deals with the root cause of issues like ADHD, dyslexia, audio processing, and behavioral challenges. Our combination of sensory motor exercises, academic skill building, and a clean eating plan doesn't just mask the issues, but gets to the root of the problem. If your child has trouble making friends, is disruptive in school, or is frustrated to the point of tantrums, now is the time to call Brain Balance Achievement Centers. Learn more at brainbalance.com. That's brainbalance.com. Or call 800-877-5500. If you haven't refinanced your home yet, maybe you were told no because you're self-employed, you pay PMI, or you have rental homes. Nob Thacker with Bridgeview Bank Mortgage can help. There is a program you may have heard of called HARP, the Home Affordable Refinance Program. It's recently had some changes that can help you save more money. Changes like getting rid of your PMI, lowering your house payment, or cutting the years left on your loan, all while lowering your interest rate and, in most cases, with no appraisal. Nob Thacker is helping people every day that have been told no by someone else. Your current mortgage company doesn't want to refinance your higher rate loan to save you money. It's a bad deal for them. To see if you qualify, call 1-800-887-1010. You'll never be asked for a credit card or any money up front. Nav Thacker has been saving people money on their house payments for 21 years, is licensed in all 50 states, and has an A-plus track record with the Better Business Bureau. Call now, 800-887-1010. 800-887-1010. Richview Bank Mortgage Company, NMLS 484683, member FDIC, equal housing lender. If you have sensitive mouth or gums or painful canker sores, your mouthwash may be making things worse. Try non-irritating, alcohol-free Closus Oral Rinse. Closus is like first aid for your mouth. It's as gentle as water, but helps relieve common oral issues. It's also pH balanced to eliminate the burn and irritation from other mouthwashes. Try Closest Oral Rinse for sensitive mouth, gums, and canker sores for pain-free oral care. That's C-L-O-S-Y-S. Get Closest Oral Rinse and Toothpaste at Walgreens, CVS Health, Pharmaca, Amazon, and select Walmart stores. Weekday mornings, 11 a.m. East, freewheeling. We talk about pop culture, talk to celebrity guests, and hear what drivers have to say about the world at large. Free- Welcome back. I'm Kevin Rutherford. The number to join us, 8888-ROAD-DOG. We're going to get to those calls in a little bit. Back to the impact of of social media on this. Again, really easy to create a group. Um, Much more difficult to control it and to control the message. And I think that's where the beginning of the week, these groups went way off track. The message that was being put out by so-called leaders of this group and these groups. It was hard to figure out who really is the leader. Um, The message was awful, really. I'm not going to back down off of that. And and here's the other mentality that will doom um, this kind of movement. The minute you tried, whether it was criticism, constructive criticism, helpful advice, the minute... You tried to help one of these groups. You, you were 
pounced on and attacked. That they were not willing to listen to something that might help strengthen their message. Um, and it deteriorated quickly. Uh, that, that's why, I, for the most part, I stepped back, didn't try to give anybody advice, just posted what I saw was happening with um, pretty minor commentary and then let other people um, comment. That, that's part of the problem with the social media aspect of this. Um, like I say, easy to organize people, difficult to control them when everybody in the group has that voice and that platform. And you have to realize when we see these pictures and these videos and, and the images from the industry, we at least understand the context. We may not agree with it, but at least we understand the context. I have to believe the reason to protest is to get the attention of the public and the government. And if you step back and and look objectively at the message, honestly, it was a mess. Uh, Again, kudos to the the, uh, couple of groups that did this well, but it was hard to hear them for all the noise, unfortunately. Um, while I'm on this, one of the groups, and I will put the name to this one because I took this right from their website. I'm not clear who the leaders are of this group. Seems to be uh, shifting and changing. This is the group called Operation Black and Blue. Um, they are putting forth a commercial driver bill of rights. I, I've seen this attempted before. I, honestly, I, I don't even agree with the entire concept we have a Bill of Rights as citizens. I I don't even like to use the term Bill of Rights. Um, They put it forth as demands from the government as well. Their their terms, these are our demands. Um, Anybody that knows anything about negotiation, you don't go about this demanding things. The, The terminology that was used was very military I heard boots on the ground, black ops. We have the enemy on the run. We have the enemies back against the wall. Um, Those are not good negotiation tactics. Those are strong arm strike tactics that really don't work and certainly will not gain us much support from the general public. Um, But let's... Let's go through some of the they have a they have a list of 12 demands. I also saw another group that had 21. Um, the ELD mandate, they want they believe drivers should have a choice. OK, no big deal there. 14 hour rule. They want to change that. Got it. Couldn't agree more. Uh, abolish the C- CSA scoring system. Certainly couldn't go wrong with that one. This is where we start to go off the rails, in my opinion. Parking availability. This isn't the government's issue, and if it is, we have to figure out where the money is going to come from for this. I I think this is a a solution you solve yourself and and we work on in the industry because parking availability from the government would require regulation, would require money, would complicate things even more. I'm not a big fan of that one. Uh, Detention pay. They want mandatory detention pay. They want mandatory lumpers fees paid for by the carriers. They want, um, they actually want lumping, all loading and unloading to be taken away from the driver. That, that shouldn't be 
um, the driver's job. They, I'm going through these pretty quick because I'm going to make a point about all of these. Um, they want 24-7 dispatch. When drivers are required to work, they should have the support of the company when as needed while in the operation of doing business. Okay? Um, driver abandonment. They want to make sure that carriers are not allowed to abandon drivers and they have to provide them transportation home. Um, there's a, I'll go through a couple more and then I'll come back to those. Um, they want drivers to be the first voice in the regulatory process. I don't even know what that would look like. They want to get rid of all anti-idling laws. They want truckers' right to carry firearms. You know, a, a national concealed carry for commercial drivers I could absolutely get behind. There's a couple points in here. Um, probably the two big ones for me, the 14-hour rule and the concealed carry, I could get behind those. But seven of these, seven of these 12 require more government regulation. Now, all of these groups, to me, have been screaming that we are over-regulated. I get that. I agree we are over-regulated, not just as an industry, as a country. But you can't run around screaming that we're over-regulated and then ask for regulation, more government regulations on parking, on lumpers, on companies that have to provide 24-7 dispatch on detention time that would have to be um, regulated at the shipper-receiver level. Come on. More of their demands require more regulation than actually less. I I don't understand the disconnect there. How do you you argue that we're over-regulated but then argue that you want other industries regulated heavier. I, I don't understand that thinking at all. Maybe somebody can help me with that one. Um, so I'll, I'm going to throw out two questions. That That's kind of my roundup and, and wrap-up of what happened this week. Um, where do we go now? Um, as an industry, where do we go? The ELD mandate looks to me like it's going to go through. I, I can't see anything that's going to stop it after this week. Um, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe um, maybe somebody out there is fighting something that will actually change something. I'm not sure what it would be. I haven't seen it. So if the ELD mandate goes through, what do we do as an industry? It, it, would it be worthwhile and and could it happen? And I'll tell you the problems with why I don't think it can happen, but that doesn't mean it can't. Would it be worthwhile as an industry to get a very, very strong coalition, a group with a very strong charismatic leader that this is where I'm, I'm sure it's going to fall apart. I, I don't know who would be able to pull this off, honestly. Um, OIDA has a pretty good start, actually by getting together a a whole bunch of other industry associations outside of trucking, but that are involved with trucking. They they put together a pretty solid group. That seems like the best start on this. But they're fighting the ELD, which, again, I think is the wrong fight. But what if they took that support they've already put together and they continue to build support within the industry, and we have a good leader who says, look, we need 
We need sub-councils and committees from the livestock haulers and from the specialized haulers and from the car haulers and all the different segments. And they really sat down and everybody hammered out a, a version of hours of service that we could live with. And maybe it would have multiple versions based on segments. I know that could really start to get confusing, but I've heard that many, many times. The segments are different. They need different rules. But instead of sitting back waiting for the government to set these rules and then trying to fight it, what if the industry right now, this would be the time, because the ELD mandate is going to bring this to the forefront, it's going to put pressure on this, what if the industry got together and brought their own set of hours of service to the government and really pushed to get that changed? Or, that's one option, or do we just let the free market fix this? Do, do we just go about working under the ELDs and let the free market try to fix the problems? There will be pressure put on shippers and receivers when trucks can't move. So could the free market fix this on its own? Or is it time for the industry to put together a very strong coalition? And, and here's the thing. Again, that is such a huge undertaking. It would require very, very strong leadership, and I'm just not sure that there is a group or individuals that have that kind of time and and those kind of resources. That's not an easy undertaking. That is not throwing up a Facebook page and just getting a bunch of people to sign up for it. It goes way, way beyond that if it's going to be effective. I'm just not sure the industry is capable of it, honestly. But what if they could? I have one more question for you that I will pose quickly when I come back from this break, and then we will get to your calls and questions right after that. Stick around. I'm Kevin Rutherford. self-discovery journey and again at 8 p.m to 11 p.m because it is a gift to the world exclusively on road dog trucking radio and on the sirius xm app hi i'm bob seidel a team driver advisor at schneider i drove teams with schneider for 16 years and it's my goal to help new teams enjoy it as much as i did schneider van truckload team drivers can surpass seventy thousand dollars per year each totaling five to six thousand miles a week plus automated transmissions and electronic logs Bring a partner or let Schneider help you find one. Team sign-on bonus of up to $10,000 per driver. Join the Schneider team at schneiderjobs.com. That's schneiderjobs.com. If you're not incorporated and you're a truck driver, a cafe owner, a construction contractor, a real estate agent, a consultant, or any small business owner, then you are at risk. 
If someone sues and you're not incorporated, you could lose everything. Your home, your car, even your personal life savings. That's why Incorporate.com is now giving away a free incorporation toolkit to all business owners, including exclusive information on how to start and grow your business. For your free incorporation toolkit, call now. 1-800-700-8123. Incorporation is the shield that protects your personal assets. Without it, you could lose everything. That's why at Incorporate.com, they just make incorporating or forming an LLC quick and easy. They don't provide legal or financial advice. So if you're a personal trainer, a travel agent, or run a tech startup or any small business, call now for your free incorporation toolkit. They're giving them away for free at 1-800-700-8123. That's 1-800-700-8123. Hemorrhoids, the pain, itching, and swelling can be unbearable. Too bad hemorrhoid creams like the yellow box you're using typically treat only one symptom. Now there's Recticare Complete Hemorrhoid Care System with two effective medicines that provide multi-symptom relief in easy-to-use wipes plus a cream for at-home use. Recticare Complete has the highest concentration of lidocaine to stop pain and itching and and phenylephrine HCL to reduce swelling without a prescription. Get Recticare Complete for noticeable results after the first use at Walgreens, CVS Pharmacy, and Rite Aid. I'm Todd Moore, the Weather Channel with the Interstate Weather Update. East-West Interstates I-10, going to have to stay off it. From Florida all the way through Louisiana, dealing with Hurricane Nate. So gusty winds, heavy rainfall, in addition, some isolated tornadoes, all possible. So from Florida Panhandle all through Louisiana, stay off that ride. Looks better, though, from Texas all the way through California. I-20, same type of thing, scattered showers and storms from Georgia, Alabama, Mississippi into Louisiana. Of course, the conditions worsen as you work your way through the overnight as Nate pushes closer. So keep that in mind. I-40, scattered showers and storms, North Carolina into Tennessee. I-64, some isolated showers and storms, Virginia, West Virginia, and Kentucky. I-70, I-80, and I-90 from the Ohio Valley, really stretching all the way through parts of Missouri and Iowa. We have some scattered showers and storms, also some Scattered storms, Michigan, I-96, I-94, I-90, Montana through Washington State. Scattered showers and a higher elevation flake of snow. I'm Todd Bork with Custom Weather Drives twice now on the Road Dog Series at 146 and on the Series Map Smartphones. <laughs> Welcome back. I'm Kevin Rutherford. The number to join us, 8888-ROAD-DOG. We're going to get to the calls. Two more questions to pose. Um, I've been in the industry a very, very long time, 32 going on 33 years. I can't count how many times I've heard the statement, we just need to get together and shut down the whole country. There's lots of reasons why it's probably not going to happen. I'm not going to say somebody couldn't organize something like that. There are some legalities clearly involving that. Uh, But I'm not going to say it couldn't happen. So actually my question is, what if it did happen? What if somebody came along that was a strong enough leader that they actually managed, legal or not, to stage a shutdown big enough that it impacted things? How, first off, how long would you want to shut down, and could it backfire? Could there be negative consequences to that shutdown? Could it be one of those cases where be careful what you wish for, you just might get it? What would happen to this country if somebody did manage a truly 
um, large-scale shutdown of trucking. Any chance it could get out of control? Once you let that genie out of the bottle, what what could be some of the consequences, good and bad? I, I'd love to hear your answer to that question. And uh, I had one. Oh, I know what the other one was. If you are against, absolutely against the ELDs, and you've been part of these groups, you've been supporting them, hopefully you're not the people shouting down and name-calling everybody who disagrees with you, but if you truly believe that this is unconstitutional, are you willing, are you willing after December 18th, if the protests don't work and the mandate goes through, are you willing to just ignore the mandate? Do you believe in your cause enough that you will just continue to run on paper logs and, and then deal with the consequences of that? that that's what protesters have done for years when they believed enough in their cause they used civil disobedience just outright break the law just don't agree to it if you believe that it's unconstitutional are you willing and are there enough of these people willing to stand up and just say look i'm not going to shut down i'm just going to continue to ignore the mandate i'm going to run under paper logs and we'll see what happens you can answer any of those questions, or, of course, you can ask any question you want. We're going to get to those questions right now. Let's head off to Arizona. Andy, welcome to the program. Hello, how are you? Good. What's Thank on you. your mind today? Um, do you have an oil sample there we can start with, and then I have an ELD question. Sure. I've got an oil sample here. We've got a Series 60 Detroit. What year is it? Um, the truck's a 2000, the engine's a 99. Okay. Uh, looks like there's 1.4 million on the engine. Is that original? Yes, sir. Okay. And about 400, no, 44,000, 45,000 miles on the oil. Is that correct? Correct. You know, this is actually a really good-looking sample. Um, the fuel dilution is at 2.7. Just ignore that. That That's virtually no fuel dilution. The soot is at 1, which is a little high for a Detroit, but not for a Detroit with 1.4 million miles on it, original. that That's pretty uh, amazing, actually. That's a good number. The um, base is, is holding up pretty well, and there's virtually no wear metals in here. Th- this is a really good-looking sample. Well, that's good to hear. I mean, I just noticed that the longer I go in miles, it seems to use more oil, for even if the sample is clean. It will. Um, I've asked engineers to get, you know, a, a, an understanding of why this happens. The thought has always been, well, as the oil gets dirtier, you'll burn more. The problem is we don't see that in the sample. The sample still looks clean, and I've asked them that. And honestly, I've never gotten a really satisfactory explanation for this. We know it happens. We see it all the time. I'd like to understand why so that I could explain it to people. And I've never found an explanation that satisfies my curiosity. Right. And then, you know, I've had this truck since... Oh, one, and it's always had somewhat of a blow-by, 
And then, of course, when the more miles build up on the oil, the blow-by seems to get worse, too, like the oil's getting thinner or something. Yeah, and, and it's not. I be, and I agree. Those are the kind of things we've always looked for, but the sample tells us differently. Your, your viscosity is actually high, meaning the oil has gotten thicker over time, which is likely to happen unless you have fuel dilution or something like that. So, again... Um, this is just a really good sample. I wouldn't worry about this one at all. For an engine with that many miles on it, it's doing fantastic. Oh, good. Then we'll just keep uh, rolling with it. And then on uh, ELD, I don't really understand the difference between a 99 exempt and a 2000. Is it because the technology is different? It doesn't hook up right? Correct. And, 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 and this isn't... And my... My truck is a, a 2000 on paper, but uh, the vehicle tag and the engine tag says 99, so I don't know if I'm exempt or where. is that kind of a gray area? No, it's not a gray area, but it's not an easy question to answer. You've got to dig into the regs and look at the criteria they're using and then match that criteria to your truck. I, I believe, that, and again, I, I don't spend a lot of time reading compliance issues, um, I believe that it's based on the manufacture date of the engine. And somebody will correct me today if I'm wrong. Um, I believe if the engine was manufactured in 99, then you're going to be exempt. The, and to answer okay. your first part of the question, it is a, a technology issue, and it's not an exact science. They, they just had to pick a date, otherwise this would have gotten even more confusing than it already is. There are some 99 ECMs that would be able to comply with this, but there are other ECMs in those years that wouldn't be able to comply completely because of the technology involved. Rather than try to say something like, oh, well, if you have a D-Deck 3 up till this year, you have to comply, but if you have a you know, a Cummins N14, you don't have to. Or if you have a 98 cat, you don't. But see how confusing that would have gotten if we would have tried to figure out exactly which ECM could handle what. Um, so they just put that date on there. They just said, here's the cutoff date uh, to make it easy. But that's the reason. It is a technology issue. Right. Well, I would sure hate to spend money on an ELD and then have it not work on my engine. Well, that, and, and that's why, you know, I would look, look at the regulation. And, again, somebody may call here and give us a real clear answer on this. I, I don't want to say that I know it one way or another. I think I do. But compliance just bores me to tears, so I don't spend a lot of time reading it. Um, I believe it's the date of the engine manufacturer. We'll, we'll find out. Let's go to Kentucky. Bill, welcome to the program. Oh, uh, good day. Hey, you are correct on that motor at this time. That don't mean it ain't going to change by the time December 18th comes. <laughs> that, good point, yeah. But uh, I listened and listened to the CLD thing over and over, and I'm thinking, what is there for the DOT or whoever, FMCSA? And I finally heard where it was listening to a guy that has the D part, which is the device that goes from your phone or laptop to your truck. Every 11 days, you've got to download that information to your office 
So I'm figuring what they're going for is a virtual, basically audit, because you can then send it from your office to them, and they ain't got to come out to check your logs. I'm thinking they so, got to be some advantage to them. So having said that, um, that's an interesting point. I haven't thought about that. Let's set aside whether or not we like the regulations or not, because that we keep getting off into the weeds about arguing, you know, the ELD, the hours of service, all that crap. Let's set those things aside. If there is a regulation, hours of service, whether we're happy with it or not, wouldn't we agree that because those things are open for audit anyway, they always have been. The, the DOT had the right to show up at your office, request all those records. You had to give them to them so that they could audit them. So we're not arguing whether or not we're willing to be audited. We, we gave up that right a long time ago. We, we have to be audited. I would say that if we're going to be audited, I want it to be virtual and electronic because it's so much more efficient and it doesn't waste our government money. Now... Don't take that to mean, I believe, and I'll come back to you in just a second, right after the break. That doesn't mean that I'm open to all this regulation and oversight. I'm just saying if if we're going to agree that the oversight is going to happen, the audit's there, well, yeah, we should make it as efficient as possible. That's our money we'd be saving. That's my initial thought on that. I haven't thought about it much before this. Um... Bill, I'll come right back to you after this break. Stick around. I'm Kevin Rutherford. Seidel, a team driver advisor at Schneider. I drove teams with Schneider for 16 years, and it's my goal to help new teams enjoy it as much as I did. Schneider Van Truckload team drivers can surpass $70,000 per year each, totaling five to 6,000 miles a week, plus automated transmissions and electronic logs. Bring a partner or let Schneider help you find one. Team sign-on bonus of up to $10,000 per driver. Join the Schneider team at schneiderjobs.com. That's schneiderjobs.com. Warning. If you're drowning in debt you can't afford, do not let the credit card companies trick you into thinking that you have to pay it all back, because you don't. What the credit card companies don't want you to know is that there's actually a way to get debt-free without paying off your entire debt or going bankrupt. If you have $5,000 or more in credit card debt, you now have the right to let us settle that debt for a fraction of what you owe. For free information, call Credit Associates now, 1-800-900-8407. We'll even show you how much money you could save. If you can't afford to pay off all your debt, do not let the credit card companies trick you into thinking that you have to. Call Credit Associates now for free information on how to get debt-free faster than you ever thought possible without debt consolidation or bankruptcy. We depend on your success and offer a guarantee, so there's no risk. For free information, call now, 1-800-900-8407. That's 1-800-900-8407. 
1-800-900-8407. Message and data rates may apply. Remembering when to change your fridge filter is a hassle. Remembering the right filter is almost impossible. So at Filters Fast, we have some good advice for you. Forget it. Instead, remember this. Text RELAX44 to 543543 and check fridge filters off your to-do list forever. You can get it all taken care of for a fraction of big box store prices with a Filters Fast brand filter. Even better, right now you can get your first filter free plus free shipping. Text RELAX44 to 543543 with a huge range of brand and non-brand filters available. Filters Fast is the nation's largest filter home delivery company. You can get a Filters Fast brand filter for a fraction of the price delivered to your door every time you need it. No need to remember. It's not a matter of if you need a fridge filter. Why not text to get it taken care of? And why not get your first filter free? Find out how by texting RELAX44 to 543543. That's R-E-L-A-X 44 to 543543. The Dave Nebo Show, 7 a.m. East. Your talk and conversation open to um, everybody in trucking. Road Dog Trucking Radio. Welcome back. I'm Kevin Rutherford. The number to join us, 8888-ROAD-DOG. I'm going to go back to Kentucky. Bill, go ahead. Yeah, I'm actually 40 ELDs long as I don't have to do them, and my truck's exempt, so I don't. They've already (laughs) raised my rates unbelievably, almost two-thirds. Well, there you go. But here's why I'm against them, though. Uh, Harvey hit. I took a wheel loader down there, and this is what they told me. You don't have to worry about any of the rules and regulations well i don't care if you got none or not when you're tired it's time to go sleep well i couldn't get in the truck stop because there's already three deep in the fire lane i wouldn't sleep there i go down to the scale house in texas nobody's in there because it says no parking i'm 81 miles from delivering and i can't stay awake i pull in there go to sleep of course once i started it must have been a ripple effect i wake up to the dot officer giving me and about 10 others 172 dollars parking tickets they're not one bit about safety because <laughs> right and now if i had right. and he made us leave it, he it, said we were creating an unsafe situation well i had enough rest to get on down where i was going then but what about these guys that were in there with elds they're in violation so, and can lose their job you know that you bring up a really good point here one of the arguments that gets made a lot is is parking and and clearly in some parts of the country parking is a nightmare we know that there are other parts, mostly out west, where it's pretty darn easy to find parking just about any time you want. But there is an issue. I'll agree with that. I haven't agreed with most people on what the parking solution is. It's not as easy as everybody thinks. They just want the government to throw up more parking lots. They want businesses to be forced to provide parking. It, those aren't workable solutions. The one I'll agree with you oh, on... and it's bad. It's the, worse than I thought it was. Yeah, it, the one I agree with you on is if we have these scales, these large, you know, already owned by the government, wide open, plenty of room, why can't we convert those to parking? Um, And and I realize there are some issues that would have to be addressed. We could do that, I believe. But part of this is we're our own worst enemy. Why is it that some Walmarts have outlawed truck parking? 
because of damage, litter, problems. They don't want to deal with that stuff. So I would say if we're going to open up these these government spaces for parking, I would be for that. And here's where I think here's what needs to happen, because we know what those places are going to look like. We know how much money it's going to take to keep them clean and keep all the problems out. I'm even okay with that. I would say a, a really good quality security cameras, and you pay heavily, heavily. You are fined heavily if you are in there throwing out trash, running over curbs, doing damage and destruction, parking incorrectly. I, I'm all for it, as long as... The people who are going to pay for this are the violators. Yeah, we'll make it where they can't even come back in the state if they do that. I, I, I would be all for holding people responsible for their, their personal behavior. And, and then I would say, I think we could make that work. I think we could open up. We'll find a little money. I know somebody's going to have to you know, put, provide trash cans and pick that up. I don't think that's a big deal as long as there's some real consequences to being an idiot when you're in one of these places. But let me go back to this here. So then the safety is what gets me. They keep saying safety, safety, safety. These VOT ain't about it. I go down to Irma. I tried to get in a truck stop 75 minutes before sundown. No parking, so I actually parked in the exit to it. I was first one there again. Right. <laughs> I wake up to a cop with his lights on and his siren on. And I get up, and I'm like, oh, God, here's another ticket. Well, this guy was decent about it. He said, you guys got to leave. There's about six of us. He said, I don't care where you go, and don't tell me what you're getting ready to tell me because he's done probably heard. We can't move because of the rules. <laughs> right. Anyway, so, so I go on down into Georgia, oversized, overnight, found a new retailer. I won't say their name because I don't want everybody grabbing parking <laughs> And I'm illegal to even go in Georgia at 10 foot wide. But I, I had no choice. This guy said, if I come back, I'm going to give you a ticket. Now, there's ELD trucks there that had to go out and violate their company rules and everything again. And, I mean, this would just make a guy have ulcers if he had an ELD. No, <laughs> I, I, would I, yeah. I would be bleeding within a week. So, so I don't disagree with anything you've said except one point. And, and you really didn't say this, but this is what I keep coming back to. All of the things you just pointed to, I completely agree. Those are not ELD problems. They're hours of service problems. But are they? Because, I mean, I'm yeah, right they are. The hours of service and there's nowhere to park. No, I, I, I mean, understand. There's still let, nothing you can do. Let, let's say that ELDs aren't the issue. Let's just say we have I think to. they're common sense problems. Well, it, it, yeah, because we haven't put any common sense to the hours of service. That That's what I see as the problem. There's no common sense. People keep saying the ELDs have no flexibility. No, you're, you're wrong. The ELDs are not hours of service. They're a device. It's the hours of service that has no flexibility. The, the term flexibility is interchangeable for cheating in this context. When you say, but I had flexibility under the paper logbook. No, you didn't. You just cheated to create flexibility. It's not an ELD issue. It's an hours of service issue. Hey, did you get a check at military convoy thing out with uh, unmanned trucks? I didn't, but I want to look at that. Oh, that, you know, I was the 
one that was joking with you about it. Well, that joke wasn't a joke. I didn't know it. I, I wandered upon that. I was looking for the convoy on California because I heard about it. Right. And somehow that popped up on my on my YouTube, and I'm like, oh, my. Hey, they got them trucks, the big old Hemet 60,000-pound trucks maneuvering through, you know, made-up towns. Yeah. And they even had a guy coming down on a thing that looked like a skateboard, and that thing avoided him. It's unbelievable. Nobody at all in that truck. Wow. Yeah, I'm going to have to go watch that. I just uh, just got it as I was going on the air, so I didn't have time. Bill, thanks for that. I want to see that. Um, great points, by the way. Let's go to Pennsylvania. Brian, welcome to the program. Hey, Kevin. Thanks for taking my call. Um, two re- I just bought my own truck in July, and there's two reasons I did that. Um, I'm, I'm leased on the Schuster Company. And reason number one is because Trump's president, and hopefully taxes go down, and I'll change my LLC to an S-Corp when the time comes. The second reason is because the ELD mandate. I love the ELD. Um, It makes it simpler. But the reason why um, I did it is because it's going to force everybody to have it. Everybody has to be um, truthful, like I am already. And... uh, Old-timers, a lot of old-timers are going to retire, and I had my choice um, when I first became an owner-operator with Schuster. I could either take a dollar ten a mile, all miles, or I could take percentage, and it's renegotiated every July. And I took percentage because I know after December, um, um, loads are going to go up because of the ELD, and that's why I love the ELD, because I'm already on it, and it's so easy. You know, the the argument about the ELD itself, obviously, are people are very split. There, there's very few people in the middle on this. There's some absolutely against them, and and they're looking at it. And I looked at it this way at one time too. That it was just more government intrusion. I don't like more regulation, but you have to be honest it's the hours of service that we really disagree with so let's at least fight the right battle you I, i've also right. I, I agree with you. you know for 10 years i've been following this this is not new for me i you know when people say oh kevin you're so out of touch you're not driving anymore well that all that is is an attempt to shut me up because they disagree with my point debate me on the point don't tell me that i'm out of touch I, I speak to, to more drivers every single week than anybody else I know. I've, I was there for 30 years. I, I, not only was I a driver, I employed drivers every single day for 25 years. I used to have to audit their logbooks. I, I, I don't know how much more in touch I could be with this topic. Just because I'm not out there driving every day, does anybody believe that I can't understand this topic, that I don't have enough information or I'm, I'm not intelligent enough to understand it? I, so I wish people would just drop that whole thing that, well, you don't have a say in this because you're not driving every day. I, so, hey, Ke- hey, Kevin. Yeah. Um, I also uh, took your IFTA class, and uh, I learned a lot from you, and uh, I appreciate that from you. and. I learned a lot from you also because I listen to you every time you're up. Well, well, thank you. I appreciate that. So where I was going with that, that little rant was after following this for a decade, 
asking drivers about it, reading things about it, talking to people about it. The one thing that has shocked me over and over and over is how happy people are after they are forced or decide to go on ELDs. Overwhelmingly, I hear people say, oh, I didn't think I was going to like this, but I actually do. Um, we, We could still argue about the hours of service being the problem, but I think people, this isn't scientific, but my response has been, more people actually like them once they start using them. Again, the real issue here is hours of service. We'll be right back. Stick around. I'm Kevin Rutherford. is the Road Dog Trucking Radio Radio Check. Rest assured, wherever you are, we are. Road Dog Trucking Radio. Hi, I'm Dan Workman from Landstar's Heavy Specialized Services. Landstar, the nation's premier platform carrier, is looking for quality owner-operators who are interested in quality flat, step, heavy, or specialized freight. At Landstar, you'll find unmatched access to freight and big savings on straps, binders, chains, fuel, tires, and more. Find out why more owner-operators choose to make Landstar home by calling 877-472-0099 or visit us at leasetolandstar.com. Finding great candidates to hire can be, well, like trying to find a needle in a haystack. Sure, you can post your job to some job board, but then all you can do is hope the right person comes along, which is why you should try ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter is different. It doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them with its powerful technology. ZipRecruiter distributes your job everywhere it needs to be to find the right candidates. In fact, 80% of employers who post a job on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within one day. So while other companies might deliver a lot of hay, only ZipRecruiter finds you what you're looking for. The needle in the haystack. Used by businesses of all sizes, ZipRecruiter offers the most qualified job candidates with immediate results. And right now you can try ZipRecruiter free. That's right, free. Just dial star star zip and when prompted say free. That's star star zip keyword free. For your free trial, dial star star 947 keyword free. Hey, this is Jenny McCarthy. Join me for an exciting new series, XM Town Hall, with comedian, movie star, and author Russell Brand. I'll talk to Russell about his new book, Freedom from Our Addictions. It's the ugly side of us that is constantly stimulated and aroused. So, of course, it's difficult for us to go, God, I've got to break away from it. And how he's beaten addictions to alcohol, drugs, sex, fame, food, and eBay. The series, XM Town Hall, with special guest Russell Brand, hosted by me, Jenny McCarthy. Tomorrow, 8 p.m. East, on Sirius XM Comedy Greats, Channel 94. I'm Todd Bork, the Weather Channel with the Interstate Weather Update. Take a look at the north-south interstates. You want to stay off I-49 in Louisiana, I-12 also in Louisiana, I-55 and I-59 Mississippi and Louisiana, as well as I-65 in Alabama. All due 
to Hurricane Nade as it will continue to push its way on shore. So we have lower visibility, heavy rainfall, isolated tornadoes all along that ride. We'll be affecting I-85 as well, parts of Georgia and Alabama, also I-75 in parts of Georgia. So scattered showers, storms, and the winds starting to pick up. So just be careful all along that ride. Elsewhere across U.S., I-95, some scattered showers and storms in parts of North Carolina and Virginia. I-75, scattered shower storms extending anywhere from Kentucky all the way up through Michigan. We also have some scattered shower storms, I-55 and I-57 in Illinois. I-15 in Montana, higher elevation flake of snow and a drop of rain. I-5 in Washington State, a few spotty showers. I'm Todd Bork with Custom Weather Drivers twice down the road, dog. Seriously. Your money, your taxes, your truck, and your road to success in the trucking industry. Now, now, back to trucking business and beyond. The show that puts the money where it belongs. Back in your pocket. Welcome back. I'm Kevin Rutherford. The number to join us, 8888 Road Dog. If you want to comment on any of the topics I covered today and you can't get through, phone lines are busy, uh, you can always comment on Facebook. I will tell you, I, I, I have been trying to be very interactive on Facebook, responding to, to direct questions. I, in a week like this, I probably posted 15 times in this last week. And honestly, I bet I've had, uh, I saw a report the other day, over 4,000 um, replies just in a couple days. I can't possibly keep up with them and see them all. So please don't feel like I'm ignoring you if I don't respond to something. I just can't see them all. And if I could see them all, I just wouldn't have time to reply to them all. I do reply. I'm just selective. When I see something, if it's a quick, easy reply, I'll reply. If not, most of my post isn't designed for me to spout off about my opinions. I do plenty of that. It's designed to get people thinking and talking. You don't necessarily meet, need me in there responding to everything. There, there are lots of drivers um, who are in there responding, making very good points. Let's, uh, let's take a break from some of the more serious and controversial stuff and talk about business. And joining me right now to do that from Freedom Fleet is David Morales. David, welcome back. Hey, Kevin, how are you today? Good, good. Hey, before we talk about what Freedom Fleet is and, and what we're you know looking for today and what we're going to talk about, one of the things I want to clarify for people, um, I've been, people have approached me and said, hey, wait a minute, you know, you, you always talk out against lease purchase programs, and I have been very vocal against them for years because they're awful. They just are. I could go through all the reasons why they're awful. They said, why would you support this? It looks like a lease purchase. This is the, the program you and I are working on, nothing like a lease purchase. This is more of a mentorship training program for drivers, a, a way to get them into a truck, into a system at Landstar, and help them learn the ropes with the ultimate goal of them being able to acquire the truck, Correct. Right. You're, you're exactly right. This has nothing to do with purchasing a truck. The purchasing the truck part of this, all it is is that if they stay with us for 24 months, we're going to give them the opportunity to buy the truck that they're in. That's it. It's just a bonus. If they want to buy it, they can buy it. Yeah, th- this is value. yeah, it, it, and it's just a purchase. This isn't a lease. This isn't trying to lock somebody into the seat when they have any experience. This is saying, look, 
and, and I completely agree with this. I wish there was more of this happening in the industry, uh, and that's why I got involved in this. I think we need to be better mentors. We need to help people learn as they get into this industry. And, you know, learning how to drive, how to, you know, be a professional. But also, we know that there's a huge push in this industry to create owner-operators. I'm a big believer in the owner-operator model. I think this is an awesome time to become an owner-operator if you do it correctly. The problem is there's so little education. Um, You know, I've tried to do my part, but I, I can only reach so far. So... Uh, I, I love to see people doing what you're doing, saying, look, we need drivers. I want good professional drivers. And one of the things I'm willing to do to help with that is I'll mentor you. I, I'll, I'll show you how to become the professional, successful owner-operator and run this like a business. That's what this is about. It's a two-year training and mentoring program and then there will be a possibility of buying a truck after that point absolutely you bet and it really has nothing to do with uh, staying with us for two years or buying the truck at the end of the program they can drive for us for six months 18 months it doesn't matter it just if they stay with us for 24 months we're going to give them the opportunity to buy the truck so our mission is to provide company drivers interested in Landstar with high-quality training so they can become successful owner-operators in a low-risk environment within the Landstar system, meaning that when you come on with us, you are a company driver. However, you will be acting as an owner-operator. You'll be learning how to read the Landstar load board, be learning how to coordinate with agents and brokers, be getting yourself learn how to get yourself dispatched eventually you'll be choosing your own loads your own destinations hence the name freedom fleet and so you get to choose oh i'm sorry go ahead you get to choose you get to choose when when your time when you get when you take time off how much time off you need the the program uh, optimizes the driver's chances of success as an owner operator within Landstar. And along with that, if they are interested in becoming an owner-operator, this is a two-year time where they have direct access to ask those kind of questions. You're going to provide them um, with material, with training that on the business side of things. So they have somebody they can learn from during that time frame if their goal is ultimately to become an owner-operator. I I think we need far more of that. There's not enough education. There's not enough people willing to mentor somebody. And and I understand why. Mentoring somebody is a huge commitment. It takes a lot of time. Um, You've come up with a a solution to that where everybody has some skin in the game. Um, You need good drivers. So this is an opportunity for somebody who's willing to do some hard work, willing to learn, to, to be able to mentor while they're being paid and and learn the system. So I I, I want to declare that up because I've had a lot of people question me on that. I think this is an amazing program. If I didn't, I wouldn't have agreed to to become a part of it. So um, I'm glad you you took some time and we clarified that again. I think it's a great program. We'll continue to support it going forward. Um, What are we looking for today? 
Well, uh, Rose and I are very happy to announce that our program Team Freedom Fleet is up and running on the Let's Truck website. Just click on the word Let's Truck and it'll come right up. Then, uh, then to learn more about the program, you click on Start Learning and Start Learning. Then you can, uh, you can get started by filling out the short form uh, on the link. So you're looking for drivers that, that would like to learn um, several things, even if they never wanted to be an owner-operator. The idea of the Landstar system, like you said, at some point they're going to be allowed to choose their own loads. They'll be allowed to choose when they go, when they don't want to run, when they do want to run. Um, it, you'll help them learn that process and give them some control. And then ultimately, if they want to become an owner-operator, and, and what you're doing is exactly what I've been encouraging drivers to do forever. If you even think that you want to be an owner-operator someday, and you're a company driver, run your operation as though you're an owner-operator. It's easy to get the numbers and do a little bookkeeping on your own and, and pay attention to rates. And I, it, it's like the ultimate training program with almost zero risk. You'd be crazy not to do that if you wanted to be an owner-operator. There, there, there is so little training out there. So this is a great opportunity. So if somebody's interested, obviously they can go to the website. Um, they can look at all the uh, information there. Is that where you want them to start, or is there also a phone number they could call? No, I think that's the best place to go, uh, to uh, Let's Truck website. Okay. And I click on the words Let's Truck and uh, look for a Team Freedom Fleet. Uh, before you can be considered, uh, you have to have uh, one year over the road uh, and uh, at least one season of provable snow and ice and a good driving record. We provide the truck and the training. Uh, currently, we have uh, two, possibly three seats uh, to fill, with five more seats uh, coming in 2018. Excellent. Excellent. Fantastic. And again, um, I'm happy to be a part of it, Help it happy to support you in this. We're... Uh, um, you know, we're providing some consulting on the back end of this. So um, you've been through the CMC, you've been through our programs, you've worked them extremely well yourself, you've succeeded with them, um, you're looking to continue to build that fleet and succeed. I think that's awesome, and you're looking to help some people along the way. So uh, anything else we want to cover today? Uh, no, just that I appreciate you and Lisa uh, for supporting this and uh, helping us uh, get through this. Thank you. Perfect. Fantastic. David, thanks for joining us, and uh, we will talk to you again soon. Go to the website. It's letstruck.com. Um, for this weekend, we posted that right up on the top of the homepage. You can't miss it. Click on uh, Learn More, and if you're interested, uh, follow through on that. Let's head off to Illinois. Matt, welcome to the program. Good afternoon, Kevin. What's on your mind today? Well, you were talking a little bit about regulations and how oh. you try not to pay attention to them. Hey, Matt, hold that, hold that thought. Speaking of paying attention, I wasn't paying attention to the clock. Not that I normally do, but uh, it's a good thing I have music. The brake snuck up on me. I'll get us through the break. We'll come right back. We'll talk about that and anything else you want to talk about. 8888 Road Dog. I'm Kevin Rutherford.
The LASIK Vision Institute is offering absolutely free evaluations and dramatically low prices on high-quality LASIK. Text the keyword CLEAR22 to 350350 to get the benefit of FDA-approved LASIK technology that gives the majority of patients 20-20 vision for a fraction of what others charge. Text to schedule your free appointment to see if LASIK is right for you. When you text CLEAR22 to 350350, you'll also get an extra 20% discount off our already low-cost services. We've already performed over a million procedures. Today, it's your turn. Discover how you can get the quality LASIK experience you've always wanted for a fraction of what others charge. This great offer is just a text away. Text CLEAR22 to 350350. That's C-L-E-A-R-22 to 350350. Hemorrhoids. The pain, itching, and swelling can be unbearable. Too bad hemorrhoid creams like the yellow box you're using typically treat only one symptom. Now there's Recticare Complete Hemorrhoid Care System with two effective medicines that provide multi-symptom relief in easy-to-use wipes plus a cream for at-home use. Recticare Complete has the highest concentration of lidocaine to stop pain and itching and Phenylephrine HCL to reduce swelling without a prescription. Get Recticare Complete for noticeable results after the first use at Walgreens, CVS Pharmacy, and Rite Aid. Owner-operators, looking for a reconditioned pre-emission long hood with a fresh manufacturer's certified overhaul, including a nationwide manufacturer's engine warranty? Road Dog Truck Sales has them. We specialize in reconditioned 379s and W900s with fresh certified engine overhauls. Easy financing, too. We sell pre-emission long hoods that look new, smell new, and with a fresh overhaul protected by a four-year warranty, run like new. Call Road Dog Truck Sales at 833-ROAD-DOG, 833-ROAD-DOG, or RoadDogTruckSales.com. If you're familiar with cloud computing, you probably know that Amazon Web Services offers a complete set of secure compute storage application and deployment services that help companies launch and scale their IT infrastructures while lowering costs. But did you know that you're still responsible for protecting your own AWS-based assets, meaning your applications and data, from advanced cyber threats? Protect your AWS with Barracuda Network's Advanced Firewall Solutions. Visit AWS Marketplace or barracuda.com slash AWS to learn more. If you got it, I'll bet just about anything that a truck brought it. Road Dog Trucking Radio. Series 6. Welcome back. I'm Kevin Rutherford. The number to join us, 8888 Road Dog. Uh, I'm going to go right back to Illinois. Matt, go ahead. All righty. So, yeah, the uh, regulation question about the engine year or the truck year, the official answer on that is maybe. Maybe. <laughs> I'm not surprised. <laughs> Because it depends which page in the regulation you're reading. Oh, great. That's always nice. (laughs) 
in one section that they upgraded probably four months ago, the frequently asked questions, they specifically changed it to engine year. But that's frequently asked questions. That's not official regulation. Right. If you go to the official regulation, and you know it might be in more than one spot, but all of this falls under Section 395. And of course, there's you know who knows how many hundreds of subcategories. Um, it still says vehicle date. It used to say it was determined by the VIN number. They've deleted that part, but it still says vehicle, not engine. So. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, got it. And this this is actually one of the reasons I hate talking about government regulation and compliance. I, I'm even very, very careful with tax code, which I've been dealing with and reading and interpreting for a couple decades, because one of the things the government is known for doing is exactly what you just talked about. You read in one place, and you read, and you're very, very clear on what it says. And you think, oh, okay, I know what's going on. But, but what you don't know is there are three other publications that deal with it that actually contradict what this one says. So I always feel like, even when I think I know what I'm talking about, I always feel like there could be some other document somewhere else that co- totally contradicts what I just said. So I, I'll leave the, uh, the regulation and compliance stuff to other people. It puts me in a very interesting position because I have a O2 truck model by the title. The manufacture date on it is nine or um, is all one, but the engine's been changed out in this truck. It's actually a '98 two WS block, but I have a six NZ two thousand and one <laughs> or so ECM on it. So, yeah, and here's, yeah, and, you know, people have asked me, can I take a newer truck and put an older engine in it? And when they give me an example, they'll say something like a 2009 or a 2012, and they want to put a 99 engine in it. And I'll say, absolutely not. That's illegal because you are altering the emissions. But a 2002 with the 98 engine, doesn't alter the emissions. The emission standards at that time were the same. And the updated ECM from 01 keeps you in those emission compliance. But if we follow the letter of the law and they're going to go by the manufacturer date of the block, you are in compliance. Yeah. But either way, six months ago, I started using an ELD. And... Really didn't have to make too many adjustments. Did a little planning of my days different. And it's simpler to not have to fill out any paperwork and just let it all be automatic. Yeah. And as Bill was asking about the audit and all that just being electronic, that is the plan. That's why phase two of the ELDs, in December of 2019, when you will no longer be able to use the AOBR, 
one of the requirements going in then is that you have to electronically through Bluetooth or whatever transmit your logbook to the DOT officer. Yeah, and so at that point, and the reason for it is, is like you said, it's simpler. It's just efficiency. The officer is no longer going to have to go in and add up numbers and all that. It's going to be a computer program. You send your logbook to them. They can do the physical, mechanical inspection on your truck while the computer checks your logbook. Exactly. And even if it's a full-blown company audit of log records, once we once we submitted to the log book back in 1938, and by the way, that was designed to protect the driver, nothing else. Once we agreed to that, we gave up the Fourth and Fifth Amendment rights. Forget that. You were being tracked from day one. And the, the government had the authority to come in and request any record they wanted to help prove whether you were in compliance or not. They could request all the logbooks. They could request toll receipts, fuel receipts, virtually any document they wanted in order to do that. So I'm not arguing whether or not the government should have that right. We gave them that right a long time ago. Nobody's been arguing that. I'm saying, after you know, hearing Bill and you now, if we're going to submit to those, we should want them to be as efficient as possible. I don't want an inspector showing up at my door demanding all these records. Let's just do it electronically. That's efficient. I deal with the IRS, and honestly, I would much rather have an IRS audit where they look at my stuff electronically. I've submitted the forms to them. They question me and say, can you prove this? And I can prove that electronically. That's just efficient. I don't want them at my office looking through my stuff. You don't want to put a grocery bag full of receipts and go to their office? No, I certainly don't want to have to go visit the IRS (laughs) office. I've done that. That's no fun at all. So if we're arguing whether or not the the government should have this right to review this stuff, of course they do. They've been doing that forever. This just makes it more efficient. And it's cheaper, and that's our money that's being saved. Well, (laughs) that's another argument I've been making with people, too. You just said it's cheaper. (laughs) Yeah. But ELDs are going to put people out of business because they can't afford them. Uh, Yeah. Uh, Come on. Two years ago that OIDA was successful at removing the daily inspection report that you have to fill out. Right. Unless there's actually a defect with the vehicle. That was going to save the industry $2 billion a year. So if none of us have to buy paper logs anymore, how much money is that going to save us? Yeah, you know, the the cost argument is just kind of ridiculous. Um, You know, if you're a company driver, you're not paying the cost. What do you care? If you're an owner-operator, the cost is so minimal. And if if nothing else, the people complaining about the cost, have they ever looked at the trade-off of time? Because as a business owner, your time is valuable. I, how much time are you saving by not screwing around with logbooks all the time? Yeah. Well, and the ELDs themselves, or, well, I guess what I have is, tr- 
an AOVR still, uh, the app on the phone, but they're getting cheaper and cheaper because it's supply and demand. You know, they're absolutely all their software they had to write. They estimated, you know, a hundred thousand users or whatever. They've been selling more of them than they expected, so the cost is coming down. They're getting cheaper. There's some that are, I think, under fifteen bucks a month now. Yeah, I I would think so. And and you know what's going to happen after the 18th when they're mandatory, um, so the cost should go down even further. So the whole cost issue to me, um, you know, being in business, there are always going to be regulations you had to pay money to comply with. It, it, we could make the argument you had to buy the logbook. Um, that it was still a requirement. You had to go buy something. Honestly, if you are an owner-operator and a carrier and you want to make the argument that, that this is, um, you know, too much money to have to spend, that's just a really, really poor argument. This, this, we can't even measure this as, as you know, less than one-tenth of one percent of your gross revenue. Oh. And then same people use the argument that this is going to drive the cost of everything up. <laughs> and the profit for, for truck drivers up, I, 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 I kind of see that as a good thing. <laughs> it, it, there, there is so much, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, it, it, there's so much in this that's ironic. Um, I, I, did you happen to see the, the organization on the West Coast with the Sikh groups? some of the pictures of the lines of traffic but i haven't read many articles i, I was on strike last week yeah oh yeah that's right every, every yeah. two weeks i strike for six days straight oh well you're com- eight and strike for six you're committed to the cause that's right you're committed to the cause sure so well when i come back i'm going to put you on hold when i come back i I'm, and i did this a little at the beginning um very stark difference between how this um seek group um the article i read said they were uh indian and pakistani drivers um how they went about this differently we'll talk about that right after this stick around i'm kevin rutherford As an owner-operator, finding freight, the show is about the business of trucking. Keep the money you earn with Trucking Business and Beyond. It's more than fuel. It's more than truck payments. It's more than maintenance. It's more than insurance. Weeknights at 12 a.m. Pick up the phone and ask the question on Road Dog Trucking Radio. The road to success is waiting for you at Landstar, the leading company for owner-operators for more than 20 years. At Landstar, is always your truck and your choice of the loads you want to haul, and the decisions on where to haul the load is up to you. More importantly, Landstar lets freight find you with automatic load alerts you can get through your phone or email. When you join the Landstar family, you're more than just a number. You're a Landstar business capacity owner. 
and you can count on their unparalleled support thanks to their team of field representatives ready to assist you in keeping your business growing. Let's not forget the benefits, including percentage pay, fuel and tire discounts, appreciation days, and the annual Landstar Truck Giveaway, just to name a few. Enjoy the freedom to run your business your way. Keep moving forward on the road to success with Landstar. Visit them online at leasetolandstar.com. Leasetolandstar.com. Finding great candidates to hire can be, well, like trying to find a needle in a haystack. Sure, you can post your job to some job board, but then all you can do is hope the right person comes along, which is why you should try ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter is different. It doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them with its powerful technology. ZipRecruiter distributes your job everywhere it needs to be to find the right candidates. In fact, 80% of employers who post a job on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within one day. So while other companies might deliver a lot of hay, only ZipRecruiter finds you what you're looking for. The needle in the haystack. Used by businesses of all sizes, ZipRecruiter offers the most qualified job candidates with immediate results. And right now, you can try ZipRecruiter free. That's right, free. Just dial star star zip, and when prompted, say free. That's star star zip, keyword free. For your free trial, dial star star 947, keyword free. I'm Todd Ford, the Weather Channel with an interstate weather update. East-West Interstates, I-10, going to have to stay off it. From Florida all the way through Louisiana, dealing with Hurricane Nate. So gusty winds, heavy rainfall, in addition, some isolated tornadoes, all possible. So from Florida Panhandle all through Louisiana, stay off that ride. Looks better, though, from Texas all the way through California. I-20, same type of thing, scattered showers and storms from Georgia, Alabama, Mississippi into Louisiana. Of course, the conditions worsen as you work your way through the overnight as Nate pushes closer. Keep that in mind. I-40, scattered showers and storms, North Carolina into Tennessee. I-64, some isolated shower storms, Virginia, West Virginia, and Kentucky. I-70, I-80, and I-90 from the Ohio Valley, really stretching all the way through parts of Missouri and Iowa. We have some scattered showers and storms. Also, some scattered storms, Michigan, I-96, I-94, I-90, Montana through Washington State, scattered showers and a higher elevation, it's like the snow. I'm Todd Bork with Custom Weather Drives twice now on the Road Dog Series at 146, and on the Series Matt Smart. Welcome back. I'm Kevin Rutherford. The number to join us, 8888 Road Dog. One of the topics I brought up at the uh, beginning of the show that nobody's really touched on yet, we've been hearing, I, I've been hearing the entire three decades I've been in this industry about this shutdown, that, that truckers would have so much power if they would just organize and shut down the country. And I think it's a case of be careful what you wish for. The odds of it ever happening are pretty slim. Wouldn't say it couldn't happen. But it's pretty slim for a lot of reasons. But what if it did? I've also heard for the three decades I've been in this industry that without truck drivers, the country shuts down. I get that. I agree. We know that if trucks don't show up at the stores, there's about three days worth of supplies on the shelves. As soon as there's any kind of run on those supplies, they could be gone in three hours. We know that the American people are not prepared. They don't have water. They don't have medicine. They don't have food. They don't have the necessities. What do we think this country would look like 
if somebody were able to pull off that extended shutdown. I, I, I asked the question online. If you were for a shutdown, how long do you think it should be? And are there any negative consequences? People said, oh, a week. I wonder if anybody realizes what this country would look like in a week of no trucks. Lots of people said that would be awesome. We would have them by the, you know what, then we would get our way. We'll show them they wouldn't have any way to fight against this. If we could just get it organized. Well, is anybody looking at the possible unintended consequences? Rioting, looting, people could die. Does anybody believe that would be good for the trucking industry if we were actually able to pull that off? I I don't think so. A lot of people obviously do think it would be a good thing. Um, I had people comment that, you know, it's so important that if it took a loss of lives to get our point across, they would be okay with that. I I was shocked, and I, I guess I shouldn't be. I should expect that kind of behavior from people online. But um, really, is this is this place where we've come to in trucking right now worth lives? Let's go back to Illinois. Matt, so uh, to compare the two groups, when when the protests started in Washington, and I was watching close, I was watching social media, I was watching trucking media, and I was watching the mainstream media. Social media obviously was all over it. Um, the trucking media, not so much. They sent a couple reporters down, did a couple write-ups, not much. Mainstream media, forget it, couldn't find anything. Um, the social media in D.C. was horrendous. It was some of the worst displays of unprofessional behavior that I can ever remember seeing. And some of it was being posted by the leaders of these groups. There was a video I shared. It was from one of the leaders of one of these groups. He was the one holding the phone, filming it. And it was a truck that looked like it had been vandalized and defaced because somebody took spray paint and put no ELDs and DC or bust. It looked like it had been vandalized. And as the guy is filming it, this is the leader of the group, he said, and watch this. This lady has bigger balls than all of you guys. Well, that's real classy. And, and she walks yeah. around the truck and flips the double bird to everybody while everybody is cheering her on. Now, when I shared that, I, I didn't post it. I shared it. They posted it. I'm assuming they're proud of it. They're posting it. I shared it. And I was criticized for spreading it around. I wanted to spread it around. We need a counterpoint to that. I don't want people believing that's the only voice in trucking. On the other hand, I look at this Sikh group, this Pakistan-Indian group of drivers in California, very well organized. I didn't see any infighting. And their spokespeople were, were very professional, and they had their points in order. I didn't agree with everything they argued, but I don't have to. That's just my opinion. But I certainly could respect the way they did it. Here's what I find a little ironic. 
I have watched this industry, which, you know, primarily was a homegrown American industry. You know, when I started, you either grew up in a trucking family or you probably grew up on a farm. You know, you were it was a very homegrown American industry. Obviously, that's changed in the last couple decades. I've watched these groups, these foreign, you know, I'm sure they're U.S. citizens now, these, these groups that, of drivers that come from other countries, I've watched them be blamed for almost everything. They, I've heard people say their trucks are junk, they're driving all the rates down. I mean, we know all the comments that have been aimed at these minority groups of drivers for decades. Now, all of a sudden, drivers were supporting them. Oh, look at those guys go. Oh, they're... Uh, come on. <laughs> come on. Really? I, I... Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it's amazing. You know, everybody will pick on anything that is taking something away from them, but then they'll demand the exact opposite on somebody else. <laughs> exactly. That, it that just blows my mind that, yeah, everybody's, you know, regulate everybody else, but don't regulate me. That or was my point. I of, should be able to yeah. do what I want, but... Some people can't do what they want. Yeah, that was my point of their their bill of rights, which I have a problem with even calling it that, but that's just my opinion. But to look at it and see 12 points on there, that their whole message is we're overregulated, we don't want government interference, but seven of their 12 points call for more government regulation on other people. No. Yeah, um... Like you were saying in your open there with the uh, the shutdown, I think the biggest unintended consequence, if it did happen, which I can't imagine it ever would, that would be the largest push for autonomous trucks you've ever seen. Oh boy, yeah, hadn't even really thought about that one. Because, um, yeah, well, because. What are the two biggest problems in the trucking industry? Or, well, not the one biggest problem, not necessarily problem, but um, issues as far as, I, I don't know how to word it, so I'll just say it. You know, drivers are the most yeah, highest right. maintenance part of transportation. They're also the most expensive. Right. Because, you know, drivers want to get home, they need time off, or, you know, whatever the reason. I mean, most of them are legitimate reasons. Yeah. You can't knock the driver for it. But if we get rid of the driver, all them problems go away. Hours of service pretty much go away. Um, you know, and if we st- if every truck on the road had tire pressure monitors, had all this stuff that autonomous trucks are going to have you're not going to see all these blown tires all over the road or not necessarily never but i'd be willing to bet 50 percent of them or more will disappear right it just a lot of problems i think will get simpler now you know if and when or how that happens neither me or you can predict that but yeah it's the more drivers strike and cause a problem in the country 
the more industry will try to remove them faster. Well, and all we have to do is look around. I, I mean, just look at results and see what happens. When people first start protesting, many times the, the public will get behind them. They'll say things like, well, good for them. Somebody's finally standing up to the government. You do see that sentiment in the beginning until that protest inconveniences them or hurts somebody. You know, the minute that protest gets out of hand and it now inconveniences me because they're blocking traffic and I can't get to work or worse yet, somebody is is injured or can't get to the hospital on time. That sentiment turns very quickly against those groups. What do you think would would be the public backlash if we stopped delivering stuff to stores? Well, all we got to do is, you know, look at what happened with the hurricanes. Yes. You know, and, when... <laughs> and, and that's you localized. Notice, right, yeah, right. In the state of Florida, yeah. a hurricane's coming and the grocery store shelves are empty of certain products. And yeah. And yeah, just imagine if it was, it's shut down and it's not, no and, yeah, evidence and, of and that's localized, and we're the heroes in those cases. We're the ones bringing in the supplies to help. That's a great role for us to fill. When we're the ones that caused that problem, and there's looting and rioting and people suffering and being injured, how do we think that would ever be positive for us? Stick around. We'll be right back. I'm Kevin Rutherford. Professional truck drivers, Schneider is now hiring regional and over-the-road drivers in our tanker division. Schneider tanker drivers can earn close to $80,000 per year with recent line haul pay increases. Plus, multiple home time options, a huge and growing freight base, most tractors have automated transmissions, and two-thirds of loads are non-hazardous. Free tanker training and limited time sign-on bonuses. Learn more about Schneider's regional and over-the-road tanker driving jobs and bonuses. Apply at schneiderjobs.com. That's schneiderjobs.com. For P150, P150GA, P150NY, P150OK, P150TN, C250A, C250E, C250Q. Not available in all states. If New York or Colorado, call for a similar offer. What's the scariest thing about going to the dentist? Opening your mouth or opening your wallet? Because just a simple cleaning can cost $100, and things like root canals can cost you hundreds more. If you don't have dental insurance to help, call Physicians Mutual Insurance Company, 1-800-500-9481. 
This isn't a discount plan or preventive-only coverage. This is real dental insurance that helps pay for checkups right away. So you can call today and get your teeth cleaned tomorrow. Plus, it helps cover the more expensive procedures you might need down the road. Fillings, crowns, bridges, even costly dentures. There's no deductible and no annual maximum. Your acceptance is guaranteed for one of these insurance policies, even if you're retired. There are no networks, so you can choose any dentist you'd like. Call now for a free information kit with all the details. 1-800-500-9481. That's 1-800-500-9481. 1-800-500-9481. If you're a sleep apnea sufferer who's on the go, go to your phone and call right now to try the world's first portable mini CPAP device, absolutely risk-free for 10 restful nights. It's the Transcend Mini CPAP. An engineering marvel that's as small as a soda can and weighs less than a pound. Its unique design is so small and so light, you can fit it in your briefcase or purse to use anywhere you go. No more dragging around a big, bulky CPAP. Even better, now you can try Transcend absolutely risk-free for 10 restful nights by calling miniCPAP.com, 1-800-900-8313. Transcend is FAA compliant, too, so you can even sleep comfortably while flying. You can also add a battery pack that's as tiny as a deck of cards. So now you can enjoy the freedom to sleep comfortably anywhere. But don't wait. To receive your 10-night in-home trial, call miniCPAP.com now, 1-800-900-8313. That's 1-800-900-8313. Road Dog Live with KC Phillips. It's going to be some great conversation. It's only going to be that way if you join us on the show. Weekdays from 4 to 7 p.m. Welcome back. I'm Kevin Rutherford. The number to join us, 8888-ROAD-DOG. We're, uh, we're going to get right back to some phone calls. We are off to Louisiana. TJ, welcome to the program. Hey, Kevin. This is uh, TJ Adams. Look, I had called last week, and I think we was in a bad area. I wanted to ask you about a particular engine. It's, it's, it's a Max Force 11 or a Max Force 13. Okay, uh, you don't even need to go any further. I have such strong opinions about those engines, I don't need to know anything else. That, in my opinion, is the worst design of a diesel engine I have ever seen in my lifetime. It didn't survive. They don't even exist anymore. Uh, One of those models, when it first came out, the first time I looked at it, actually had four radiators. It had three high-temperature radiators and a low-temperature radiator. It was a plumbing nightmare. I I estimated once it would probably take you nine hours just to do an overhead because of all the time it would take you just to get to the overhead. It it was a horrible approach. So here's what they did with the Max Force. When, When we went to EGR, the only company that didn't use EGR was CAT. They, they decided to use their own proprietary ACERT technology. We see where that got them. CAT doesn't even make on-road diesel engines anymore. What, what a shame. One of the classic icons of truck engines doesn't even make engines anymore. They, 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 they bet on the wrong technology, and they couldn't move forward with it. 
International did the exact same thing when the entire industry was using DPF to meet the new requirements in 08, International decided that they could do it with the technology that was already causing all the problems, which was EGR. They went and doubled down on EGR. They brought even more exhaust gas back into their engine to try to clean it up, and and it was just a disaster. I, I wouldn't go anywhere near one of those engines. Gotcha. Okay. That answers my question then. Yep. And, hey, and, to, and to add to the, the topic you've been talking about, yeah. the way I look at it, Kevin, is all these big groups, OIDA and all that, and they're trying to fight the, the ELD and all that. The way I look at it is if they would take all the energy and money and put it into changing the rules, you know, like letting us stop the clock, you know, the 14-hour rule, they would take all the time and money and put it into that me they'll do more good than trying to just do away with it all together or fighting it i mean it's going to be here regardless you know i i, I could the way I, that's I, my opinion on that part yeah I, I couldn't agree with you more I, I don't know why we don't take control of this issue come up with a very strong coalition write the rules ourselves. Because we always say, well, wait a minute, why is the FMCSA and the government writing this? We, we're the ones that understand it. Well, I don't know that I've ever seen a really good effort that we've gone to the government and said, here's what we think the hours of service should be, and then fight that battle. There's actually a chance of winning that one. Exactly. Exactly. Well, I mean, we, we've, we've put the EODs in our trucks to get, our trucks to, get to jump start. All your, excuse me, all your older guys threatening to quit and you know this and that and the other well they started using them that's the ones that love it they don't have to do all the paperwork and on and on and on and, and like i told the guys i said look if they would just let us even just say stop the clock for four hours it would help out a, a tremendous yeah you know, oh absolutely just, you know start yeah. the clock and not stopping at all would hurt a lot a lot of the that's why a lot of the yeah. guys are against it Yeah, and and here's the thing. I mean, obviously the ELDs have split the industry horribly, but the one thing that kind of brings the industry together is, is the hours of service. We may not all agree on the correct fix, but at least we agree they're broken. That that's a starting point. The ELDs we just fight over constantly. The hours of service I think most of us agree they need fixed. It's a much better starting point, and it's a much better argument that we could possibly win. Uh, I'm going to get to Idaho. Mike, welcome to the program. How are you doing today, Kevin? Good. What can I help you with? Well, I was just going to make a comment about the ketogenic diet. I've been doing it not too long, not too much uh, as long as you have, but when you first started mentioning your program, I started doing it. And I was in a motorcycle accident back in 1981, and I was paralyzed on my right side. And ever since then, I've always had, you know, some paralysis on my right side. Okay. And since I've been on this diet, I've noticed to where I have uh, more uh, fine motor skills on my right side, too, with my hand and the use of my arm and all that. I've been driving, you know, since uh, 83, I think. Okay. Yeah, about 83, I started driving truck, and, you know, I was able to use my arm, but I wasn't able to use it as well as I could, but I've just noticed, you know, that those kind of changes since I've been doing this diet. 
Yeah, you know, I'm not so surprised I, either, I, and and I can kind of explain why you've seen those results and what what causes that to happen. So, um, many times the the paralysis itself, you know, not permanent or total, but what you were experiencing, um, is actually just caused by inflammation, inflamed nerves that that aren't firing properly. And the one thing we know about a paleo or keto diet, when we eliminate the carbs, the sugars, the processed food, inflammation goes way down. And inflammation causes so many problems, pain, stiffness, um, autoimmune conditions. In your case, actually something as severe as paralysis. And when you minimize that, that inflammation, things get better. So... Uh, again, I'm not surprised yeah, exactly. knowing knowing how this works, and that those are awesome results for you. Oh yeah, I mean, you see, in my accident, you know, uh, the doctors actually told my parents when I was admitted to the hospital that I wasn't going to make it to the night, and I was in a coma for seven days after that, and I had a severe head injury. But you know, I I'm just glad I've been doing this diet, and I've noticed the changes. And speaking of the hours of service. I'm the same boat with you. They just need to throw them all out. I mean, yeah, yeah. I, I'd almost rather they went back to the old 10 and 8 rule than, you know, this uh, 11 and 14 where you have to take a 10-hour break. Yeah, I, I think that, you know, again, we might not all agree on the details of the hours of service and how we want them fixed, but I think as an industry, we could get a lot of support behind this issue and and then the hard work comes we've got to hammer out what we think they should be i i you know i I think it's an interesting topic to talk about that's why i write about it. that's why i bring it up the odds of it happening um i i haven't seen a strong enough leader in this industry that could pull that off unfortunately um and there are some other reasons why it will probably never happen but i think if somebody wanted to get behind something that would be a much, much better movement than what we've been doing. Let's uh, let's go to Florida. Joseph, welcome to the program. Yeah, hi. Good afternoon, Kevin. Um, yeah, thanks again. Sounds like you helped another trucker out. Thanks for all that you do for us. You're welcome. What's on your mind today? Uh I'll thank you for, because of you introducing us to uh, Harrison gliders. I got one about two and a half years ago. I got 230,000 miles on it and averaging 8.04 miles per gallon over uh, driving about 62, 63. Outstanding. So it's been it's been good to me. Excellent. No modifications, just straight. Wow. Straight off the lot. That's good stuff. Um, you're making me angry, though, because <laughs> you're talking about, uh, oh, we need to be able to stop the clock. and I, I mean, we're in a position right now where we keep the hours as they are, and it's going to drive rates up because it's going to take away capacity. But when you start talking about, oh, let's be able to stop the clock or – change the rules you're more or less saying well let's trade off uh, a 14 hour work day for you know i heard someone say extend it for for an 18 hour work day and 
the rates stay the same. Uh, you could be right. That that. So let me explain kind of my position on that. One, if we at least introduce the flexibility back into that rule, it's optional. Whereas now it's not. We're, this is it. You're locked into this. You can't stop that clock no matter what. That That's not an option. We're, we're introducing an option. It doesn't mean everybody has to work 18. You could still continue to do what you're doing. So it, to me, it's more flexibility. We're not locking anybody in. Could it stop the rates well, from, from going up? Probably. I mean, it's going to have an impact on supply and demand, and that's what dictates rates. But I also believe, and I really believe this, that the good professional drivers, given that flexibility, will be safer. And I am willing to give up some rate increases for, for something. I'm not guaranteeing that it will make people safer, but I think it, it increases the odds that people might do the right thing. They might take that nap and end up being safer rather than try to push through. Um, I'm going to come back to you, Joseph, because that's a good point, and I hadn't really thought about it before, so kind of thinking on my feet. We'll talk about that right after this. Stick around. I'm Kevin Rutherford. truck drivers. I'm Carrie Hallett-Paris and I hire truck drivers for Walmart. Walmart Transportation has driving job opportunities at many locations across the United States. Walmart offers full-time flexible schedules with competitive pay within the driving industry. Many driver benefits, including medical, start on day one and no touch freight driving for an industry leader. Driving for Walmart is a great career opportunity. Why wait any longer to apply? And there are openings for safe professional drivers right now. Walmart pays for mileage, activity, and even offers a safety incentive you can earn each quarter of the year. If you are interested in advancing your driving career, see if Walmart is hiring in a place you'd like to work by visiting www.driveforwalmart.com and then apply online. That's drive, the number four, walmart.com. It could be the last job you will ever apply for. Walmart is an equal opportunity employer. This is Jimmy. This is a tiny demon. Jimmy is about to gaze into the eyes of this tiny demon, thereby becoming its minion. Jimmy shouldn't become a minion of this tiny demon, and you shouldn't manage your own tolls. Turn to Best Pass, the commercial toll management experts. Don't pull a Jimmy. Get Best Pass and save tons of time and money on tolls. Learn more at getbestpass.com. 
What up, citizens? It's Sway from Sway in the Morning. I'm inviting each and every one of you to wake up with us. You'll hang out with who's hot in Hollywood. We got them all. Sway's show yeah. is a big media hit, man. And of course, we got it locked with hip-hop. This is common. When I come to Sway, yo, you know it's like my home. But we do politics as well. Sway, how you doing, man? I'm doing great, Mr. President. How you been? It's all there. Sway in the Morning. Weekdays at 8 a.m. Eastern, 5 Pacific. Exclusively on Eminem, Shade 45, Sirius XM, Channel 45, and on the Sirius XM app. I'm Todd Bork. The Weather Channel with an interstate weather update. Take a look at the north-south interstates. You want to stay off I-49 in Louisiana, I-12 also in Louisiana, I-55 and I-59, Mississippi and Louisiana, as well as I-65 in Alabama, all due to Hurricane Nade as it will continue to push its way on shore. So we have lower visibility, heavy rainfall, isolated tornadoes all along that ride. We'll be affecting I-85 as well, parts of Georgia and Alabama, also I-75 in parts of Georgia. So scattered showers, storms, and the winds start to pick up. So just be careful all along that ride. Elsewhere across U.S., I-95, some scattered showers and storms in parts of North Carolina and Virginia. I-75, scattered showers and storms extending anywhere from Kentucky all the way up through Michigan. We also have some scattered showers and storms, I-55 and I-57 in Illinois. I-15 in Montana, higher elevations like snow and a drop of rain. I-5 in Washington State, a few spotty showers. I'm Todd Bork with Custom Weather Drivers Twice Now on the Road Dog Series. Your money, your taxes, your truck, and your road to success in the trucking industry. Now, now, back to Trucking Business and Beyond, the show that puts the money where it belongs. Back in your pocket. Welcome back. I'm Kevin Rutherford. We're heading into the third hour of the program. Still some time to get through. 8888 Road Dog. The closer we get to the end of the show, the easier it is to get through sometimes phone lines have been really busy i'll try to get to as many calls as i can uh i'm gonna go back to joseph in florida joseph go ahead i was gonna say i i would disagree with you about the safety aspect because now uh if you waived four more hours of driving in front of a company driver of course they're gonna take it Right, and they're going to get off their circadian rhythm even more because that's going to really screw it up. And who wants to work 18 hours a day for the kind of pay that they're already getting? $52,000 well, a year uh, for 18 hours a day, well, seven it, days a week? You garbage. Ma- you make some good points. I'm not sure that anybody has to work 18 hours under this. I, I, and, again, I, no matter what rules we come up with, Somebody's going to abuse them. So I, I'm not sure how okay. we – and, and clearly there, there's always the law of unintended consequences. It looks like on the surface something's going to accomplish this when ultimately it doesn't. I, it, the example that I think a lot of drivers can relate to – you know, I had an operation where I would late leave really, really early Monday morning, almost Sunday night for an East Coast delivery leaving Ohio – after being home all weekend and being rested. And there were just some times where I'd be on the road two hours and I would be absolutely exhausted, couldn't keep my eyes open, and I knew what I needed was like a power nap. Give me 40 minutes to sleep and I'll be fine. But sometimes that 40 minutes was all it took to really screw up the schedule without that flexibility. Back when I was doing it, you had the flexibility to do that. So it wasn't as though I was just using that rule to run 18 hours every day, not even close. 
but I was using it on some days. And remember, that was when we had the 10 hours of driving, not 11. And, and I was using it some days to stay safer. And, and honestly, there were other days where after 15 hours of driving, I still felt pretty alert and safe. And and I, I mean that. I, I wasn't just playing cowboy saying, oh, I can drive all day. I, I, I was trying to use common sense and trying to stay safe. And it, it, you needed a little bit of flexibility to be able to do that. But will people abuse that? Of course they will. Okay. Well, I could see if you said we need to be flexible for if we only had a 12-hour day or a 10-hour day. But then, too, you're defeating the purpose of what you're complaining about. You're complaining about the shippers and receivers holding you. Well, all you're doing is saying, look, you guys don't have to do anything. We can just extend our clocks. Treat us like crap. Hold us at the docks for four or eight hours if you want. We'll just work 18-hour days. Great. Well, again, I don't disagree with you. But for one thing, honestly, I'm not complaining about much of anything. I've always found a way in my business to just make it work. I mean, most of what I'm talking about is just basically echoing what I'm seeing in the industry. I would be all for completely rewriting the rules. And I don't even know what that looks like yet. But but I would be willing to say we have this new technology, you know, the, the ability to really enforce these rules. Now that we have that ability... Why can't we sit down and try to rewrite stuff that makes sense? And honestly, if it restricted hours even more, I'm not so sure I'd be against that. Well, I mean, they're already giving us 14 hours. How much more do people want? Again, I agree. I don't want to work 60 hours a week just to make a living. I'd much rather work 45 or 50. I'm not one of those 40 hours. I probably work 90 to 100 hours a week in my own business now, but that's my choice, and I like it. I mean, I don't have to do that. I can take time off whenever I want. I like what I do, and I like to work. Um, and it wasn't all that different when I drove, but, but my goal wasn't to work 60 hours just to pay the bills. My goal was to work when I wanted to work and make a lot of money when I was doing it. Right. Okay, here's another thing. I don't know if you have any contact with the light or talk to them, but the, the whole idea of them fighting against the ELDs tells me one of two things. Uh, either either uh, they don't believe that the rates are going to go up because they got insiders that are saying, look, these dummies are running for this cheap rate. Even when we put the ELDs in, they aren't getting any more. So they said, well, oh, well, we better fight it with tooth and nail because these dummies aren't going to get a rate increase. Or uh, are you there? Uh oh, Joseph, did we lose you? Um, I'm not. Sh- oh yeah, we did. You lost the whole call. Um, Joseph, I'll try to kind of respond to that. I, I know you didn't get a chance to finish. Um, I, I do know people at Oida, unfortunately. I've never been able to work with them on much of anything. We just have a very, very different opinion um, about how owner-operators should be represented. I I think part of their problem, um, and this is my opinion, is, is that it's very difficult 
to have an organization that tries to represent owner-operators and drivers. That doesn't mean one group is better than the other. It just means that they have very, very different issues and very different solutions. One example that I fought hard against OIDA on, I, I almost always tend to be on the opposite end of what they're fighting. That, that's why we've never really been able to work together. Um, when they were fighting for mandatory detention, I had a huge problem with that. One, it requires a massive amount of government regulation and oversight. How do you ever enforce that with individual businesses? All the millions upon millions of shippers and receivers in this country, how do you enforce mandatory detention time? That, that is a huge burden on the government. That's one reason I was against it. But a bigger one, look, if you're fighting for company drivers... Well, the detention issue makes a lot of sense. Fight it with the trucking company, their employer. Make the employer pay if that's what you believe in. But for the owner-operator, that's a horrible argument. Don't you dare go to my customers and put more burden on them. That's my job to negotiate with my customers. That's why I think OIDA, if they wanted to be more effective, should decide who they're really fighting for. Um, If we look at their name, Owner Operator Independent Driver Association, well, I assume independent driver means not not an employee driver. Maybe I'm misreading their terms. I don't know how else you would identify an independent driver. So I'm assuming that they originally formed to defend and lobby for independence, for owner-operators, for people running a business. Again, there's nothing wrong with being a company driver, but those are different issues. So that's been my problem many times, is is they're fighting um, for two groups that I think can be at odds with each other, and the detention time is a good one. I do not want somebody lobbying to force my customers to do something. The way I deal with my customers is my competitive advantage. I don't, I don't want that taken away by more regulation being piled on them. I also don't understand the idea that we, we want to fight for less regulation unless it applies to everybody else, and then we want them regulated heavier. So to kind of respond, Joseph, to what I, I did here, um, no, I, unfortunately, I don't have a very good working relationship with OIDA. I do believe that they have gathered the largest support group so far in this part of the industry, drivers and owner-operators. Um, I think if you look at the ELD mandate, if you were looking to, to get behind somebody, um, OIDA had a lot of strength in this. They, they took it to court. They challenged it. They tried. Ultimately, their argument lost in court, but, but that, was a, that was a good attempt. They did it the correct way. I think it's a little late, but just here in the last couple weeks, they gathered what looks to me like a very strong coalition of other industry groups and groups from other industries outside of trucking but that are affected by this. Had they done that a couple years ago, 
who knows what they might have been able to accomplish. So it, just to let people know, I, it, when I look at this on who's being the most effective at fighting this, I'd have to give those props to Owida. I think they've done a better job of, of fighting this than anybody else. Doesn't mean I agree with the with what they were doing, but I, I can certainly see their way was was more professional and had a chance of actually winning. Stick around. We'll be right back. I'm Kevin Rutherford. keep hearing this thing called yoga is the way to achieve inner peace but i get my inner peace from prepass it's the most reliable way station bypass and e-tolling platform in north america and right now you can free yourself with one free month of service no yoga pants required call 888-559-PASS use the promo code road dog or visit prepass.com slash road dog to start your risk-free trial 888-559-7277 or visit prepass.com slash road dog namaste is that how you say it truck drivers. Martin drivers average $1,200 a week, including $20 per hour for detention, trailer maintenance, and inclement weather pay. Since Martin's pay plan is built around e-logs, Martin knows how valuable your time is and has spent the past five years building an industry leading pay plan to keep drivers earning even when the wheels aren't rolling. Make the move to Martin today. Call 888-239-5746 to apply or visit driveformartin.com. Equifax, the credit bureau, breached. 143 million of you had your personal data exposed. Retired FBI agent Art Fitzenmayer warns that a crime wave called home title fraud may be coming. The Equifax breach likely exposed your home's title and loan record. Cyber thieves can see the equity you have in your home, and they want it. And because everything's online, they simply forge a few documents with your signature, refile, and take over title. Then they borrow money on your home and drain all your equity. You won't even know until you get hit with foreclosure notices. Look, no identity theft protection or homeowner's policy covers this. Home Title Lock does. Just pennies a day helps protect your most valuable asset, your home. Put an online barrier around your home's title with Home Title Lock. Sign up and get your home's title history a $60 value free. Visit HomeTitleLock.com and use promo code PROTECT. HomeTitleLock.com, promo code PROTECT. It's time, time to join the millions of people that meet happy with Zoom video conferencing. Zoom gives you flawless video, crystal clear audio, and instant sharing across any mobile, tablet, or desktop device. But the best thing about Zoom? It just works. 
So ditch the distractions, join the movement, and meet happy with Zoom video conferencing. Visit zoom.us to set up your free account today. That's zoom.us, Zoom video conferencing. At 7 a.m. East, it's the Dave Nemo Show. With news, traffic, and weather updates, we'll get you where you need to be. Exclusively on... Welcome back. I'm Kevin Rutherford. The number to join us, 8888-ROAD-DOG. We're going to get right back to the phone calls. We're off to Iowa. Alan, welcome to the program. Hey, Kevin. I just want to speak first to your monologue you just had there. Uh, You know, the Owner-Operator Independent Driver Association is basically doing battle with the ATA. And that's we're both in the same business because the ATA is pushing ELDs and the owner-operators are against them. We can't even get our industry to agree on that. Hey, uh, Alan, I'm sorry. Something happened on my end, and I missed a part of that. Could you just repeat what you said? I want to make sure I heard it right. I said the ATA is pushing for ELDs, and the owner-operators are fighting against it, and we're both in the same business. Yeah, well, there's no question, and that's kind of why I said, you know, going forward, would it even be possible to get a strong coalition together in the industry because we have so many opposing viewpoints. Um, but our, our biggest advocate yet, though, has yet to speak, and they will come December if this goes into effect, and that's the shippers and receivers. Because when well, they suddenly see what the change is going to cost them, we might have a whole new conversation. Well, uh, You know, one of the problems is we fear change, and we shouldn't. Oh, I because agree. I remember the last, the last logbook change. Oh, man, well, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? Well, it helped us out. Give us an extra hour to drive. Uh, I get more rest. I still cheat like crazy. I mean, so, uh, you know, let's see where this let's see where this falls out first. I, you know, I've been saying that for a while now, that, you know, the, the fight, in my opinion, should have never been with the ELDs. It should have been with the hours of service right from the start. We had listening sessions five years ago. I I didn't see a very big push till just recently, and I think it's too late. And my point was, at this point in the game, why not let the mandate go through? That's kind of why I've been fighting against the two-year extension. But people immediately yep. assume that because I'm fighting the extension, I must be pro-ELD. No matter how many times I say that I'm not, that I would like to see the entire system thrown out and let's start over, people still say, oh, he's e- I, I've been accused of taking money from the ATA, which is an absolute lie, never accepted a penny from the ATA. I've been accused of, you know, I must have invested in ELD companies. Absolutely not true. Um, I've said at this point, since it's really an hours of service issue that we want to fix, one of the quickest ways to get those addressed is exactly what you just said. 
let the shippers and receivers feel the pain, and then we'll have a new advocate on our side. Amen, amen. And also, I just want to thank you for sharing that video uh, on Facebook because it brings me to another point. And this is, truckers, where is your self-respect? I mean, come on. Uh, We cannot project. You know, people are always worried that we have a poor image in society. Well, just look at the guys driving the truck and you'll understand why. I mean, I just hired on with a different company here about four months ago, and they call me the the guy that drives in the fancy clothes. And all I wear (laughs) is a button-up shirt and blue jeans, but I'm always clean and well-dressed. I I know. I, I get it. And here's the thing. You know, there's always, and I touched on this a little bit in the beginning, there's the mob mentality that is outright dangerous. People in those situations will do things that they would not do as individuals. I, I mean, that's well documented. That happens all the time. So I fully expected when a bunch of truck drivers get to D.C. and they're all cutting loose, there's going to be some of that going on. What shocked me, and the reason I pushed so hard, I wanted people to share that. What shocked me was, one, that was one of the admins and the leaders of that group that had 17,000 members. And two, two, this wasn't a bunch of guys, you know, in the parking lot yucking it up and having fun, which I could see. They were proudly posting that video on social media. So first off, I'm not sure why they're so angry with me for sharing it. I, I, mean, I assume when you post something on social media, you want people to see it. So I just thought I would help them. But my real point was this could gain traction. This could gain traction in, in the mainstream media. And if it does, we better have a counterpoint to this. We better have a voice that says this is not everybody in trucking that believes and looks like this. Amen. Amen to that, Kevin. I mean, uh, folks, I know you fear the change out there, but change is coming, and I think it's going to be a good one. I know I'm in a company, a small company. they got 40 drivers, joined them four months ago. I'm 50 years old, and I'm the second youngest driver they got. Wow. Yeah. That's uh, – and. and and so I've talked to some of their older guys, all retirement age, all have said ELDs come, they're done. Hey, I see a big pay raise coming. You know, I, I, a lot of people have been saying that. It's just, you know, supply and demand. That's what drives most of the rate. And, again, if we look at, without trying to be pro-ELD or not, if we just look at the reality the reality is the only impact this could possibly have on supply and demand will be good for us. It can't go the other Amen. way. It, it has to go right. in our favor or nothing. Or it's just a big bunch of, you know, BS drivers aren't going to quit. They haven't been cheating on their logbooks that much. And that would make this kind of a non-event. I don't believe that. I believe it's going to be a huge event when it comes to rates. That's a positive. And... Of all the things we've always complained about, the driver, or the docks hold us up. There's no place to park. They, you know, lie to us about appointment times. They cancel appointments. I, all of those things that we've complained about, we now finally have some leverage with. 
because before we would complain that the doc held us up for six hours, but we would cheat our logbook and act like those six hours never happened. Yeah, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely, I, I do it every day. We, I mean, we, yeah, we, we all did. It's just how it is. Right. It, and, it, uh, and so, you know, you I know mean, what? I, I mean, we could kind of look at it and say, look, you know, I, I could try to do this right. I could take that six hours that they held me up. I could log it. It, it. We know what would happen at that point. And the problem then is you are fighting a battle that nobody else is fighting. They're, they're going to, you know, use that six hours to go make money. You're trying to make a statement. That wasn't going to work. Well, now everybody's forced to do it. Something will change finally. So, well, I, you know, we're in the perfect trucking storm. Because a couple months ago, trucking was a little slow after them hurricanes. Freight index is going up all the time. Uh, people can't get their loads covered. And we got this coming. Hey. Looks like it's time to finally make some money after a while. I, you know, after 32 years in this industry, I'm looking at 2018 thinking it's going to be something we've never seen. You bet. I mean, uh, so, hey, I appreciate your show, but it's time to push the button in and get trucking. There we go. All right. Thanks for yeah. your uh, call. Great points, by the way. Let's head off to West Virginia. Gus, welcome to the program. Yeah, hey, Kevin, uh, quick talking point first. One of my biggest pet peeves is terminology, and I've been listening to you for years, and I used to cringe every time somebody would phone in and say, hey, I'm going about to put uh, super singles on the back of my truck. And I'm thinking, <laughs> no, 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 you mean wide singles. And I, say, how, oh, I hate that. My biggest how, pet peeve. How, how many times did you hear me, without, like, outright correcting them, say new oh, gen- I know, I know. N- new generation-wide-based singles, if we want to be technically correct. Yeah. Well, I just about fell off my seat tonight with uh, one of your previous callers, Matt, because it's happening again, and he actually corrected himself, and I just about, oh, my God, finally, somebody that knows what he's saying. <laughs> you got callers that phone in and say, hey, I've been using e-logs or ELDs for years, and I love it. Oh, right. They haven't. They haven't existed. <laughs> That's right. You've been using and Matt corrected himself. So now I think with everything that's going on, you're not going to change anything. I'm not going to change anything. Let's focus on moving forward and figure out what the hell we need to put in our truck, number one, because even if the hours of service fight does come to fruition and we do win it, it'll just be a software update. ELDs are coming. You're going to have them even if the hours of service change in two or three years from now for our benefit. You'll have an ELD in your truck and you'll have more flexibility. Good so point. My dilemma is, yeah. And and here's the thing that could be interesting. There are clearly people fighting the ELDs that understand it's really an hours of service issue. They may continue to push, you know, and they may continue to say ELD and push that, but they at least understand it's really hours of service. There are other people who are absolutely just dead set against ELDs, no matter what you do with hours of service. And unfortunately, I think those people are just kind of screwed. Um, I, I've got to get to a break. Do you have anything else? Okay. Hold that thought. Hold that thought. I'll come back to you. But i got to get to this break. Stick around. We'll be right back. I'm Kevin Rutherford. 
and truck stops. Three wheels. It's all about trucking. Keep up with the industry through us. We talk about things in the truck driving world without concentrating on the same four or five topics. And hear what drivers have to say about the world at large. Around that curve could be anything. I can't believe you went there. Three wheel. Weekday mornings, 11 a.m. East. It's Meredith Oaks. Do we get to no drink tequila? And Chris T. Well, you want to know that about every day. Three wheel. Exclusively on Sirius XM's Road Dog Trucking Radio. Hi, I'm Lisa Kelly. You might know me from History's Ice Road Truckers, but this summer, I'm looking for a change. Join me as I make my way across America with Chevron to get the word out about its new and game-changing heavy-duty diesel engine oil, Dello 400, with Isosin Advanced Technology. Follow us at chevrondello.com backslash gamechangers and find out where we'll be next. We'll see you out there on the road with Chevron, Dello, and Loves. Are you looking to buy a quality used fleet truck or trailer? Schneider is now offering discounted prices at SchneiderTrucks.com. Save thousands buying direct from a fleet with a meticulous maintenance history. Hundreds of four- to seven-year-old Freightliner trucks are available. Select trucks with manufacturer warranties, along with some international Kenworth, Peterbilt, and Volvo. Van and reefer trailers also available. Find your perfect truck or trailer at SchneiderTrucks.com or call 800-635-9801. That's SchneiderTrucks.com or 800-635-9801. Did you know that smartphone users take 1.2 billion photos every single day? The problem is that most of those photos stay locked up on your phone forever. But now, there's free prints from Photo Affections, the five-star app for iPhone and Android that lets you easily print up to 1,000 4x6 photos a year absolutely free. All you pay is a small shipping and handling charge. You can even print photos at other sizes for next to nothing. Using the free prints app is easy. Just select the photos you want to print, whether they're on your phone or on Facebook or Instagram, choose the sizes, and you're done. Your premium quality free prints will arrive on your doorstep in just days. Free prints is available for both iPhone and Android. Download the app now at freeprintsnow.com and start enjoying real, professional quality free prints. The app is free, and so are the prints. No subscriptions, no commitments, just free prints. Go to freeprintsnow.com to get the app and your 1,000 free prints. That's freeprintsnow.com. I'm Todd Boyd, the Weather Channel with an interstate weather update. East-West interstates I-10, gonna have to stay off it. From Florida all the way through Louisiana, dealing with Hurricane Nate, so gusty winds, heavy rainfall, in addition, some isolated tornadoes, all possible. So from Florida Panhandle all through Louisiana, stay off that ride. Looks better, though, from Texas all the way through California. I-20, same type of thing, scattered showers and storms from Georgia, Alabama, Mississippi into Louisiana. Of course, the conditions worsen as you work your way through the overnight as Nate pushes closer. So keep that in mind. I-40, scattered showers and storms, North Carolina into Tennessee. I-64, some isolated shower storms, Virginia, West Virginia, and Kentucky. I-70, I-80, and I-90 from the Ohio Valley, really stretching all the way through parts of Missouri and Iowa. We have some scattered showers and storms. Also, some scattered storms, Michigan, I-96, I-94. I-90, Montana through Washington State, scattered showers and a higher elevation flake of snow. I'm Todd Bork with Custom Weather for Drives Twice Now on the Road Dog, Sirius 146, and on the Sirius' map smartphone. Welcome back. I'm going to go right back to West Virginia. Gus, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. So last week you were having phone problems, and I know Dale Howard called in and was going to comment about my 
questions regarding the differences. And my dilemma was um, without being brand specific, for example, yesterday I saw on the shelf uh, Ram McNally ELD for 200 or Ram McNally EOBR for 700 And Diesel offers as well an EOBR conversion kit if you have a diesel Garmin uh, GPS. So again, there's the, there's the decision. Do we go with an EOBR or do we go with an ELD? And that's why I would hope to get more comments from maybe some of your callers who either have used one or the other, just so we know, or even like, for example, Dale or even yourself, if you've got some, some background on to, now that we know this isn't a, this is a losing battle, let's figure out what's best for us out here as owner-operators or independents as, as a group, because like you said, or like I said, no matter what, they're coming, and yeah. it'll just be yeah. a software update if we do have the hours of service changed to our benefit. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, the way I see the the AOBR, whatever term we're using, because they had the terms, not only are they used wrong, they've changed a couple times over the years, too. Um, so we have the ELD, which is the mandate. It, it, it needs to comply with all of the regulations, the way they're written, you know, when it goes into effect. And those are all subject to change. The older, call it an EOBR, an AOBR, whatever we want to call it, isn't as restrictive. So it it does give you a little more flexibility for that two-year period. The the reason you're not going to see fleets do that is because you can choose that option now, but if during that two-year time period you replace the truck, you will be forced onto an ELD with that truck. So fleets that have multiple trucks, knowing they're going to be replacing some of them, would end up on two different systems. That would be a nightmare for a fleet. I think for an owner-operator, to to take the, the less restrictive version for right now seems to make sense. Right, you know, the so only... As a one-truck that you hear where the company sets these limits, because I am the company or I am the owner, am I, as the driver as well, able to set those limits for myself? Well, we, third party, for, for example, it, that uh, subscription-based company that has to set them? A, a little of both. If it's the ELD, those settings, at the very minimum, have to meet the requirements. Now, companies could choose to make them more restrictive. They can't make them less. Then you're going to have the differences in the systems. The systems may meet the ELD requirements, but you may have some user-defined settings in there. That's hard to say because every system is going to be different. The AOBRs offer a lot more flexibility, so you are going to see a lot more user settings in there. The only okay, downside, so that's the route that I'm gonna go, yeah. yeah. Well, that one seems to make sense to me. That would be the route I would go. The only downside to that is, at some point, two years from now, or when you buy a new truck, you'll be forced to the more restrictive. But I don't see that as a big deal. I mean, that's easy enough, right. to adjust to. And in two years, and in two years from now, like I said, there might be a new battle with the hours of service, where it'll just be a software update with the EOBRs. Yes. Yep. Good. Yeah. So I I think given the option, I'm not sure why owner operators wouldn't go with the least restrictive option that keeps them in compliance. 
I think we got uh, Joseph back. Joseph, go ahead. Yeah, just to finish up on the other side of the OOIDA, it, it was either they don't think that their members are going to be able to negotiate any higher rates even though the demand's going to soar, or OOIDA is fine with the drivers being treated like crap, and uh, they don't want them to have to keep the, keep the rules. They want the shippers and receivers to be able to hold them over and, you know what, just cheat. We don't want you to have that EOBR to show to put a stop to this and to constrict, you know, the flow of goods. We want you to be able to cheat so you can keep your rates low. The, the other thing that I saw happen with California and I started, you know, when they started uh, saying no trucks come in, they started hold, holding the brokers accountable to where on the uh, confirmation sheets, they had to certify, yes, this truck is California compliant because they would be held responsible for giving the load to somebody who wasn't. And I can see big business doing the, for all these people who think, oh, I'm going to get a 99. I'm not going to have a EOBR or whatever on my truck. You aren't going to track me. I'm going to stay on paper. I can totally see big business getting together and telling the insurance company that, look, if a driver gets in an accident and that broker put it on somebody who did not have an ELD or an onboard uh, recorder, we're not going to cover the loss. And that's going to force the brokers to say, look, we aren't going to do business with you because the insurance is too high if you don't have an EOBR. We're not, we're well, not taking a chance. Well, you bring up another good point, and, and we can look at this, and I'll tell you where this kind of legislation or lawsuits come from. If we look at the lawsuit that C.H. Robinson lost when they were held responsible, financially responsible for a truck that caused an accident because they put the load on the truck. First off, I am 100% against that kind of legislation. Why can't we hold the people who made the mistake responsible? To, to, but here's why we don't. Here's why we, we have groups that push for laws like that. And it's primarily the attorneys doing that because they realize the one truck owner, there's nothing you can sue that guy for. You can't get anything out of him. He's got nothing. But if you can somehow create laws and legislation that make everybody responsible, it's just easier to go sue somebody and get money. And, and that's going to happen with these ELDs. I think you have a good point. Yeah, I, I guarantee it. So these people who think they're going to rush out and make that investment, I, I'd, I'd hold off a little bit because your broker might not work with you anymore. It, it, and we've seen you don't have that in your truck. Yeah, we've also seen some fleets that just say, "Look, you know, I, we know what the the regulations are. We just don't want to deal with multiple different systems. We don't want to have to deal with ELDs and paper logs anymore." So now you've got that. You know, what are some of these fleets that use owner operators going to do? I this is, I, I, I twenty eighteen is just going to be a really interesting year. And, Kevin, you're hurting the cause. You keep saying this is an hours of service uh, problem. It's a pay problem. People would be fine with the way hours of services is if they would get paid the same without having to cheat. They'd be so, fine with it. It's a pay issue. So I, Nobody I, wants to drive 18 hours a day or be on the clock for 18 hours. So I, I, I wouldn't argue that, but how do you increase pay? That's never going to happen. That's a, that's a well, market issue. 
You, you, are, do you yeah, want to? Supply and demand with the EOBRs and the tight restrictions of the 14-hour rule. That's going to increase demand, and that's going to cause rates to go up. We don't want to keep, you know, modifying our schedule to everybody else. We need to stand firm. That's what you do. You stand firm for, for what it is. You don't say give us four more hours that we can drive so these people can keep screwing us over at the dock. That's backwards. Well, I, I, again, I'll disagree with you on this only because as an individual running my business, I'm not saying I want to work 18 hours. So we, we'd have to separate the drivers from owner operators in this argument because I think it's two totally different groups. I, I don't want to drive 18 hours a day. I certainly don't want to be forced to drive 18 hours a day, but I want the flexibility of being able to sleep when I feel like I need to sleep to be safe. So I, I get where you're going on, you know, I'm, I'm defeating the cause to help rates go up. I think rates are going to go up no matter what. I do also think, though, for a more efficient, safer industry, we need to start over on hours of service. I, I'm just, I, I don't think there's an easy fix. Some people just say, well, stop the 14-hour rule. Well, that's a start. I think it's time to look at technology, look at the industry, look at where we're going right now, and say, let's forget everything we've known about hours of service in the past. Forget what, what's happened. If we needed to rewrite these rules today, let's throw out everything and start over. Maybe this isn't even based on hours specifically. I, as long as we stay focused on what already exists and trying to tweak it, which is what we've done for the last decade and a half and it hasn't worked, what if we just start over? What if we just say, look, there is this technology. It is going to be in the truck. The truck itself is going to be tracked. But can we, can we start all over on the hours of service? And it may end up looking nothing like what we have right now. That's what I'd be for. Stick around. We'll be right back. I'm Kevin Rutherford. on multiple channels and continuous coverage on Sirius XM's ACL radio through the weekend on channel 29 schedule and streaming video at SiriusXM.com/ACL. Tom Gurgin here chairman of Hirschbach Motor Lines with exciting news in addition to a mileage pay increase we improved our industry leading fuel program lease operators pay only 69 cents per gallon guaranteed for a limited time if you sign on now Hirschbach has over-the-road and dedicated fleet openings for operators and drivers. Call 888-261-1351 or log on to joinhml.com. That's Hirschbach Motor Lines, 888-261-1351. 
for P150, P150GA, P150NY, P150OK, P150TN, C250A, C250E, C250Q. Not available in all states. If New York or Colorado, call for a similar offer. What's the scariest thing about going to the dentist? Opening your mouth or opening your wallet? Because just a simple cleaning can cost $100, and things like root canals can cost you hundreds more. If you don't have dental insurance to help, call Physicians Mutual Insurance Company, 1-800-500-9481. This isn't a discount plan or preventive-only coverage. This is real dental insurance that helps pay for checkups right away. So you can call today and get your teeth cleaned tomorrow. Plus, it helps cover the more expensive procedures you might need down the road. Fillings, crowns, bridges, even costly dentures. There's no deductible and no annual maximum. Your acceptance is guaranteed for one of these insurance policies, even if you're retired. There are no networks, so you can choose any dentist you'd like. Call now for a free information kit with all the details. 1-800-500-9481. That's 1-800-500-9481. 1-800-500-9481. If you're a sleep apnea sufferer who's on the go, go to your phone and call right now to try the world's first portable mini CPAP device, absolutely risk-free for 10 restful nights. It's the Transcend Mini CPAP, an engineering marvel that's as small as a soda can and weighs less than a pound. Its unique design is so small and so light, you can fit it in your briefcase or purse to use anywhere you go. No more dragging around a big, bulky CPAP. Even better, now you can try Transcend absolutely risk-free for 10 restful nights by calling miniCPAP.com, 1-800-900-8313. Transcend is FAA compliant, too, so you can even sleep comfortably while flying. You can also add a battery pack that's as tiny as a deck of cards. So now you can enjoy the freedom to sleep comfortably anywhere. But don't wait. To receive your 10-night in-home trial, call minicpap.com now, 1-800-900-8313. That's 1-800-900-8313. For all things trucking, it's Road Dog Live with KC Phillips. Because most of you are probably out running down the highway keeping America rolling. Weekdays from 4 to 7 p.m. Welcome back. I'm Kevin Rutherford. We're down to the final segment. I'm going to go right back to the calls. Let's head off to Pennsylvania. Les, welcome to the program. Hey, Kevin. Thank God I made the last segment. Uh, The biggest issue with this protest is nobody in the public knew about it. You know, nobody knew why the heck the drivers were blockading Sacramento. They found out when they read the little news reports afterwards that nobody knew it. When BLM blocked the roads, we knew why BLM was blocking the roads. So that made a point. Uh, I think that somebody such as yourself, Hint Hint, needs to write a strong, powerful op-ed about redoing the uh, hours of service and get it out in the mainstream media like USA Today, Wall Street Journal, etc., etc., I think something that would bring us to that light would really help us have more clout in uh, D.C. Yeah, I could see that. Um, writing's not really my strong point, but I have some uh, staff members that, that could certainly help me with that. The, the ideas are clearly in my head, so getting them down on paper and, and you know, getting them correct, and um, you know, that, that could certainly be done. The tough part, I will tell you, um, not certainly not impossible, and, and we could look at doing it here. The tough part is getting media to pick it up. Um, some of that's just timing. Exactly. 
Um, unfortunately, and this is not a criticism of any of these groups, by the way, it was just very unfortunate timing. Um, one, I will blame on the groups. This, the, the time for all of this stuff was years ago. Like, not after it's already in law and we're just waiting for the date. I, I will criticize them for that mistake. If they were this passionate about it and they wanted to make this big of a push, it should have been years ago. But the other timing issue that just wasn't their fault at all was we are on the heels of three of the biggest hurricanes we've ever seen, a horrendous earthquake in Mexico, North Korea, you know, threatening to push the button, Iran um, threatening to push the button, and... All the other, the wildfires, all the other, the mass shooting, the odds of getting the attention of anybody in the media or government right now is slim to none. Um, Maybe good timing for this would be to to work on something like that and, and maybe even release it in conjunction with the 18th or a week or two after when some people start to see the results. Well, and another, uh, you know, even if we can't get into the major thing in the major media, you know, we could always get it into some LinkedIn groups and things like that. You know, yeah, groups yeah, absolutely. Major, uh, shippers and receivers. Uh, my second point is that uh, independent drivers, owner-operators, whatever you want to call them, need to go on the offensive for once. Uh and we need to pick an item and bring that to DC's, DC's attention and work on that. And I think something that we need to do is form an, an overall council. Now, I hate this analogy, but something like what the AFL-CIO is to unions. You know, each union has its own specialization, but then they all subscribe to the AFL-CIO. So if each trucking groups such as OIDA and Mastic and even the, the new UMCC, if they don't go off the tracks, could have their own, but they could all tie in, even if it's just a lunch once a month, to try and coordinate what they're doing. I think that would really help us be more effective. You know, I actually think that's a great analogy um, because that that is what needs to happen. And, and I'll tell you a good example of that in trucking. If you look at the history of the TCA, the Truckload Carriers Association, you know, we always hear about the ATA, the ATA. Now, here's another kind of pet peeve of mine. One of the so-called leaders of the protest, one of the very vocal guys who was creating videos everywhere, and he, he kept referring to FMCSA and ATA together as government agencies. Well... The ATA is not a government agency in any stretch of the imagination. They are an industry association. Love them, hate them, doesn't matter. You at least have to get the facts right because you look ignorant when you make those statements over and over and over. And I tried to point it out. And, of course, you know, I I, I was just, you know, pro-ELD and I'm an ATA shill and everything else. I was just trying to point out, guys, don't look so ignorant calling a trade association a government agency in the industry that you claim you know so much about and you're representing. At least get those pretty simple facts straight. The TCA, we don't hear a lot about them. They're not really controversial. They don't do a ton of lobbying, but they do lobby. 
the TCA was was originally formed with, you know, as, as truckload carriers, but then they also had specialized segments. So the heavy haul had their group, and the tankers had their group, and the flatbeds had their group. And, and over the years, they've kind of struggled with that. They've spun them off to be their own association, all kind of under the TCA umbrella. I, I think that's what we need in the industry. We need a, a council, whatever word we want to use, that is the, the tip of the spear for lobbying. And we have all the other groups under that so that they can form their you know, arguments and their opinions, and, and it all gets fed in to the coalition that has all the, the horsepower to go to the government and get some things done. I agree with you. All right. Well, thanks a lot. You're doing great. You're welcome. Thanks for the call. Good stuff. Let's, uh, let's sneak another one in. Let's go to Alabama. Ron, welcome to the program. Hey, Kevin, let me, let me quick fire for you real quick. Number one, the ATA, I think that one of their main missions is to try to push the, the small carriers and the, and the owner-operators out. You know, they, they always shill for the, you know, the extremely large carriers and everything. Well, hold on. And, let let, me, know, let they, me jump in there because I don't disagree with you. Let me explain how that, op, that organization runs. It's kind of unique. They are an association, so you pay dues to belong to them. The way their structure is, your dues to be a part of the ATA are based on your gross revenues as a company. So the more money a company makes, the more money they have to pay to be a part of the ATA. Well, you also have to know that they're, they're going to be the bigger voice in that organization. Of course they're going to lobby for their own best interest. We all do. And and that's not to say that's they're right. good or they're they're not good or bad. They're lobbying for their own best interest. That is an organization that is primarily controlled by the biggest carriers in the country. They're going to go fight for their own best interest. As owner operators, we need to figure out how to do the same thing. How do we fight effectively for our own best interest? And that, that brings me to my second point. I, I don't believe that the OIDA is really that interested in taking care of us. If they were that interested when they went after the data queue, they would have bought a class action lawsuit instead of going after three or four individual little cases. Because uh, with the data queue, I'm pretty sure that you could come up with four or 5,000 people that were all affected with exactly the same situation just in different locations. Well, and well, I mean, I mean that, that right there is just an indicator that they either don't know what they're doing or they really didn't want to try to make a difference fighting for, you know, against the data queue. And everybody well, let, knows it's unconstitutional. Let, let's tie that into your first point uh, and, and what we just said about the ATA. The ATA structured itself so that the more money you made, the more you had to pay them, the bigger your voice became in that group. So it's pretty clear who's going to control that group. I, I've said this many times. I, I don't understand how OIDA expects to be able to fight for owner-operators and independent drivers and at the same time fight for company drivers. We all may drive trucks down the road, 
but we have very, very different issues that need different representation. I think that's part of their problem. I, I don't know how you advocate for those two groups at the same time. Uh, I agree with you, and uh, maybe it's time for one overall uh, large, um, I don't know, association just for all CDL holders. Uh, let's take the business part out of it, and let's just focus on. And I, I'm going to have to cut you loose because the, uh, the clock, my automation does that, Ron, so I didn't cut you off. We're, we're out of time. Um, I, I, you know, there, there could be a way of doing this because there are issues that you can fight owner-operator and company driver standing next to each other. We have the same issues sometimes, but other times we have very different issues. So you're right. Maybe we just need better organization. Maybe we do need um, some, some, uh, some ways that we could fight together on the issues we can agree on. But there are some issues that we're, we're absolutely diametrically opposed in our best interest. So I, I think really the, a, a big part of our problem on the small side of this um, industry, drivers and owner-operators, is, is so far we just don't have really good representation. I don't know how we get it. I'm all out of time. We'll do this again tomorrow. Thanks for joining me, and uh, we'll see you back here tomorrow. Be safe. Be profitable. Be fit and healthy. Always do the hard work and master the journey. I'm Kevin Rutherford. Sirius XM 146 or listen on the Sirius XM app. I feel really